0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome to the Corruptional Podcast. Here on the 23rd of May, 2017.
1: We were just talking about Overwatch porn. There, yeah. Now, Jesse, now Jesse can't put no, us on blast because no, we put ourselves on, put blast. Us on blast. Jesse, <laughs>
2: we're so scared of what the internet's going to think of us because we no, say we no, like the no, Overwatch no, no, porn.
3: Take my intentions. No, it wasn't to insult you or make you look bad. It was to say, hey, internet. I'm not the only weird one who loves- <laughs> <laughs> What do you mean am- weird
2: one? Like, aren't the viewers, aren't the views like off the charts on Pornhub or something no, not like that? I'm saying
3: that there aren't a lot of weird people, but I'm saying, comparatively to the rest of normal society, who aren't looking up right. animated characters banging.
0: Um, <laughs> as far as that- we are aware, of course, <laughs> <laughs> that it's not True. something they that they would like- readily I'm admit just to. No-
2: Look, I'm an animation fan, okay? Of
3: course. And- oh, yeah. it's the you art, know? I see. And- yeah. 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 Yeah, I go on. Pre- you're a connoisseur.
1: Like, you got to know, like, yeah. what's what's going on in the porn no. world of animation. I you go on. keep up on that, that the stuff. Yeah, quality
3: animation is obviously.
1: Yeah, you so know, just like if you have like a perfect <laughs>
2: looping GIF, you know, it's just like super. You know, does something to your
1: heart as an artist. Yeah, absolutely.
0: I at this point am very glad that I've never considered myself an artist, and <laughs> <laughs> does something to me. I'll tell you that. You, you, you do you. I mean, I don't need to tell you to do you, Jesse, in particular, but hey.
3: Yeah, 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 don't worry. It's being done. Being done.
1: Hashtag total do cocks.
0: You. On a daily basis, do not bring that ship up again. Wait, That's a That's really a, good ship uh, it, name. It, oh, it, it, it's uh, real. It. Don't worry. Do not Google that.
3: <laughs> I'm just saying, if you uh. want to Google that, there's a lot of great
1: fan art. Oh. Uh. Jesse what? just likes it because they always draw him super ripped for some reason. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. I,
3: mean, I, first off, have never looked better. Secondly, <laughs> I, do have, I don't think I don't have complaints. Why am I always the bottom? Every fucking time I'm getting plowed in the ass. And it's like, I mean, that's not cool with me. Basically, like, you need to be just more It's like fan
2: cannon, though. Mm-hmm. You know what, you can't deny based the fan
0: cannon. On end. reality. <laughs> <laughs> i'm just suggesting I that we
3: agree not to discuss that here. everything has <laughs> a
0: root in reality there was a kernel of truth there so if one were to engage in a little self-reflection then perhaps sure. my, uh-huh. one might realize why it is that so many people draw that conclusion
3: because my ass is so supple i get it
0: right okay <laughs> that's understand. it yes more cushion I for understand. the pushing
2: so any good animation <laughs> so, i okay. hope
0: not one can help <laughs> Welcome to the Corruptional Podcast, we do occasionally talk about video games. I, I guess there was never really going to be a good transition into what we were saying anyway, so it's not as if this is going to make much of a difference. Some people might say, well, that's jarring, but frankly, any transition into this is jarring. So let's just say it. As you're no doubt aware, there was a terrorist attack at an arena in Manchester, UK last night claimed the lives of over 20 innocent people many of them young children leaving hundreds injured our hearts go out to the friends and families of the victims and with our thoughts on the uk at this difficult time uh, we'd like to observe a minute silence for all of those affected by this horrific and senseless act of cowardice if everybody could just do that you know anyone that's watching the show right now anybody that's in chat just keep it respectful for the victims of this tragedy. All right, thank you for that. And the show must go on, as it always does in situations like this. Our special guest today, voice actress, host of many a show on Geek & Sundry, live streamer and all-around very busy person, Erica Ishii, welcome to the show.
2: (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. I'm so thrilled to be here.
0: Tell us a little bit about the many things that you're currently busy with and also (laughs) your relationship with the Notorious... Cox over there who dragged you onto the show.
2: That's right, yeah. Uh, Jesse and I keep running into each other. I I think when I first started at Geek and Sundry, you had a show um, where I you're playing did. retro games. Yeah, oh. you had a show for a hot minute, and so uh, I think that was where I first met you. Uh, I so I am one of the hosts at Geek and Sundry. I uh let's see, gosh, how many shows shows do I have? I have four shows, two of which I produce, uh, and it's amazing. I love Working with Geek & Sundry, I love the community. It is the most aggressively positive, kind and welcoming group of people. Uh, that, it's, it's wonderful. So I have Geek & Sundry. I have my own Twitch channel, uh, The Tiny Potatoes. They are also incredible people. They have done so much for charity and and uh, just have this incredible welcoming, welcoming spirit. Um, voice acting, I, I've been fortunate enough to, uh, Start, like ramping things up in that regard i i just announced that uh there's going to be a like an indie real-time strategy battlestar galactica game which i'm
0: very excited about personally yeah, i love both I of those things i'm
2: so like nervous because you know i don't it's screw it up such, like, a hu- yeah exactly like it's a huge just like Go, do it perfect, yeah. that's all. Yeah, just that's like, all yeah I, just, I just, utter perfection is the only thing that I ask for for myself in the, in the game because, you know, I mean, I know how much it means to everybody, Battlestar, and to like be part of it is so daunting, um, but I hope it's gonna be fun. I, I hope that I'm okay. Uh, I can't, I mean,
1: hey, man. Yeah, you can't tell like, people that. Cylon. Cylon. for sure.
4: Cylon.
2: Like, I
1: was talking yeah. about in like real life now?
4: Yes, or... that's what I was, yeah. yeah.
1: I now <laughs> we are.
0: Oh, of course, man. toaster. Of course, I won. <laughs> we're gonna have to get you in on a Battlestar Galactica board game session at some point, then. Because oh that, my gosh, that would be That's fun.
2: A- I'm so
1: man. If I were a silent, I'd just be so
2: bad at it. Though I'm just so bad <laughs> like at just
1: it. having to keep your chill. Yeah, like, I couldn't do yeah. it. I'd be like, all right,
4: I'm a oh, so silent.
0: You'd be surprised at how good players of that game are of convincing themselves of things that are not true. Despite you're worried as a silent player in that game, will they find me out? But once they fixate on something, they don't let go of it. And it could be hours and hours of accusing an innocent person like and just (laughs) over analyzing everything they've done. R. R I P Maggie. Oh, Maggie. Maggie got. Did we shoot her or airlock her? I can't remember.
1: I, it doesn't matter. And she wasn't a we'll Cylon.
3: See. She was oh, not. No, no. She
0: never was the, not she's never She's even the close. Guy. She's
1: always. <laughs> killed. Surely, Krender isn't stupid enough to bridge himself <laughs> unless he's a Cylon, right? Oh that must God. be. That must be it.
4: Oh, <laughs> a man no. put himself
3: in the brig, Eric, just because he thought he could make this like. But literally, the Cylons won. We were like, "What is happening?" <laughs>
0: madness i
2: mean i have a problem with even like short-term hidden role games like i'll be i confess i'm the werewolf
0: oh Uh, no (laughs) So i
2: can't even imagine what it would be like for like having to maintain that chill for a couple of hours of strategy Uh, yeah
0: it's tricky yeah definitely because of course if you're too quiet people start to look your way
2: yeah, you get paranoid. I, I get, I get paranoid. I'll be like, oh god, I haven't said anything for a while. I must look really suspicious.
0: Yeah, better bring something <laughs> up. Better contribute to the conversation in some way. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, dude. Um, I keep wondering because um, there's that that VR werewolf game. That's yeah, yeah. Out, and yes, I'm yes, like, yes, yes. I wonder if that would make it like, because one of the things about a game like werewolf right is that you're constantly looking at people's yeah you faces. see people's
2: faces and they have their tails yeah. so yeah. like without
1: that be yeah tricky. how do you play it i'm It'll not be sure very tricky
0: i never got the chance to do it i know they had it at pax last year i didn't mm-hmm. quite they had uh, a booth
1: for it at twitchcon too and i didn't wind yeah. up playing it because literally everybody wanted to play it which sure yeah
0: so so there was something interesting that popped up on touch arcade yesterday on the subject of social deduction So Mm -hmm. someone's making a social deduction mobile game that uses only one phone. It's called Triple Agent. So it's designed for you to be in a room with five to nine players, and you're either working for the agency or a double agent for virus, or whatever that is. And players get information and events as their turn comes up on the phone, and they pass the phone around. Mm. So you see info that nobody else does, and it's got Mm. stuff like fingerprints and cool sort of controller gimmicks, but the idea of doing a social deduction game using this one phone sounds really fun. That yeah. sounds like an interesting twist on things. Plus, it's nice to be portable. As nice as Secret Hitler is, I'm not carting that big one box around. That is not happening. Right. Bringing a phone to a convention or if you just happen to be in a waiting room for 20 minutes, like, hey, let's play this. That's pretty cool. Mm. So yeah, it's called Triple Agent. It's going into beta quite soon. I like like the look of that one. That could be interesting. I, wa- I want to know what they can do knowing that they're digital and see if they can expand the genre knowing that
2: i mean i i love any like sort of in-person like couch co-op games if you will yeah um just because it fosters this sense of of community and and being together and like there's there's other games where where you like have uh like the name of a person and they have to guess and those are
4: like really yeah. great for waiting like in phone line charades with people. games yeah yeah
2: exactly phone charade games and the idea of having a shared phone is great because it doesn't separate everybody else into being on their own
4: phones
0: yes yeah means yeah it's one of the walls out of the way even with stuff like I don't know if you got a chance to play Space Team a few years ago. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's that's great fun. But even though it's free, there's always the barrier if you've got to get somebody to download it, They're like, oh, I don't know, I don't know if I'm into games, I don't know if I like this, blah, blah, blah. you know, oh, I don't have the data, all my phone's running low on battery. So just one phone, as long as you don't drop the damn thing, I think that would be the problem with it. Make sure it's a phone with a good case that you're hang- yeah. handing around. Not yeah, something-
1: right? <laughs> That's so like, the,
0: here's my thing. new S8 with no case, and first person to grab it, bleh, straight on the floor. Right. Well, that also is a maybe very one of those few cases minutes.
1: that has like the extra little battery, yeah. Thing yeah, 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 so that it lasts a little bit longer. Totally, right?
0: yeah, yeah. Don't do it with like an iPad Pro. It's like here's the 13-inch tablet that we're holding around. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, so it's called Triple Agent. It's coming out quite soon. I, I was really intrigued by it. The art style for it in particular is very Secret Hitler crossed Mm. with a little bit of papers please so it's nice and clean and it see it i say it does seem to have this little thumbprint thing i think it's just thematic i can't imagine they actually scan it Mm -hmm. uh but it looks pretty cool i being able to give out secret objectives in real time through a digital device seems like it has potential i mean on that Mm. yeah do you love my social deduction yeah all right let's talk about things we've been playing this week Erica, why don't you uh, start us off with something?
2: Um, So you know, I've just been so busy, I haven't had time to game on my own. And like when I, whenever I can grab a spare moment, I'm playing Horizon Zero Dawn, which I'm just because
3: that's the best choice to make.
2: Oh my god it's so gorgeous I keep like just stopping and being like this is such a gorgeous game this is such a good game I'm having so much fun and it's and it's really fun when you get games like that where you're actively aware of how much fun you're having
1: yeah Ah, it's
2: so good it's so beautiful and and the the Acting is great and just the world building is so rich that I mean, I just, just running around and exploring the world is so thrilling to me. Uh, So I'm playing a lot of that. And then, you know, because of my job, I get a chance to play short snippets of games that I really wish I could continue more of. I'm in the middle of uh, A Night in the Woods which is an incredible indie story-based game,
1: dude. Yeah, uh, Jesse and I both loved
3: that yeah. game. Yeah, that, that game hit me like, bop. It was at, <laughs> the end of that game. You're just like, oh, as your spirit leaves your body. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's done yeah. very well so far. Great critical reception to it. And I think the interesting thing about it is that being a story-driven game, often a character has to resonate with you in some way. You have to be able to connect with them, relate to something that they're doing some of their kind of troubles and what surprised me i think is a lot of people have turned around and said i didn't think i would relate to an aspect of this game and as a result it being a story driven as it is i probably wouldn't have felt particularly immersed by it and yet so many people have said you know what there is something in here the even though i'm not maybe that age or that gender or in this situation i still found something that hit pretty deep and that's what really drew me in
1: Mm-hmm. But the, I think. Game, I, oh. oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. You first. You
3: first. Uh, first. The, the game itself lends the fact that every character in it is either you or someone you know. Yeah. Yes. And so yes. It, it, I don't know what kind of either the writing like the writing staff or the writing team is genius or they are like some psychology majors who are like pinpointed exactly the types of people that everyone are and put them all in this game. So like. You will immediately relate to someone in here, and it will get you. And you're like, oh, oh, god, is that yeah. like, oh? And you're just like, all right, keep going, keep going with this story. It's crazy. Yeah,
2: yeah. I, I was, I was going to say the exact same thing because even though, um, like certain aspects of of the main character I didn't identify with, there's other characters where I'm like, oh, I see some of myself in that. Yeah. And and I think there's just like universal truths in a lot of these characters' motivations that just everybody can see themselves Mm and it's it's so good and i can't wait to finish it and it's i think having it having all of them be animals also uh did that animation abstraction thing where everybody really identifies with them no matter what they look
1: like yeah
0: yeah that's an interesting thing that doesn't get brought up an awful lot when we talk about representation in games and some people feel that they have to be represented in some way some people do not. But what's interesting is that a lot of people seem to really enjoy characters that are non-human as almost as if they could ascribe personal attributes to them more easily because mm-hmm. they're less visually distinct as being, you oh, know, this is very clearly not me. This is very clearly not somebody like me. It's interesting that that technique would Work, and I wonder if it's something that needs investigating further when we talk about the ability to immerse people into a character that they're specifically role-playing.
1: Right.
3: I think this game and um, Oxenfree and some of the games that have come out that have been this okay, so and uh, 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 Life is Strange that have this story with yes. choices aspect to it have taken the telltale the telltale idea to the next level, which i feel bad for telltale because it's leaving their games in the dust like these the yeah. games have been stellar and it makes you see the glaring deficiencies in telltale games
0: i it's like, personally yeah, well, do I, not feel bad for them for that but dodger go ahead
2: well i, mean, I think one thing one well, i mean yeah telltale is still I- incredible the thing is is that they right. are bound by the licensed properties that they have and a lot of these other games are really free to work outside of the confines of, of you know licensed properties working with companies um, they can go for these smaller more intimate stories that are a lot riskier to and and that's the thing is if they're smaller companies it's a lot less risky for them to have like a you know a, a lesbian love story in their game for instance you know they can just go for it and yeah. I, i've just been really loving a lot of these story driven games like even like undertale something like that wasn't as much i'm there are certain aspects of choice in that, but there, it's, it's so exciting and new.
0: Yes, that's, yeah. that's what really got me. That, and that's not the kind of genre I usually enjoy, but that game ended up being my game of the year that year because it was so surprising and subverted expectations as much as it did. And its aspect of choice but not choice definitely was a very meta kind of thing. It was a bit of a commentary on video games, kind of like Stanley Parable was as well. Uh, very mm-hmm. much a uh, commentary yes. on player agency or the lack thereof and our tendency towards obedience uh dodgy I had a comment on uh, night in the woods and telltale in particular
4: oh
1: i i was just gonna say like that that's my big hope with um life is strange 2 because they've announced that that life is strange 2 is going to be happening yes. and i'm really excited for it and i'm also kind of hoping that they'll do what telltale hasn't and i do get that you know telltale is in this position where They have so many games that they're supposed to be making that it's hard for them to like update their system at this point, but they like, they really need to man. Like there are, there are glaringly obvious Mm -hmm. things that they can do to just, just, they can still do the same format. They just need to update. update Well, The 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 engine has barely
0: been updated since they started Uh, all the way back with walking dead initially. Like it's ancient and it's showing and ultimately They're a series of... I mean, they might as well be visual novels for all intents and purposes, with a few QTs here and Mm -hmm. there. They're very much based on, as you mentioned, the license is both Uh, the strength and the weakness. Sorry, you're (laughs) lagging out just a little bit there.
1: Oh, no. Oh, no. Did we lose her?
0: Hopefully (laughs) hopefully she'll be back shortly. Uh, But... So to continue, pro- the, t- the speech will probably come through in about 20 seconds and not a
4: right. yeah, <laughs> right.
0: yeah, hopefully she'll be back shortly. Evidently, your wife has gone down or something. The, the thing with Telltale, I think, is presentation is more important in their games than others because the license, it might be a strength, but if you present the license poorly right. and it's yeah. visually not particularly well done, then that in itself is a black mark on the game more so than it would be for others. And that engine is ancient. So, you've got a lot of these either QTEs, which are designed to be highly cinematic and look cool, or just a lot of cutscenes that have to look cool. And good luck doing that on an ancient engine with poor animation.
1: You know what really irritates me, though, is that, um, and I think we've talked about this before, but recently I've really. (laughs) Welcome back. I can not a problem. Down. If that ever
0: happens again, just rejoin oh. the call, everything's cool. Don't worry, we'll okay. come for you. Uh, yeah. <laughs>
2: I'm sorry, we were talking about uh, uh story Tell t-
0: yeah, we're on yeah, a yeah. telltale in particular. I was making the point yeah. about that, uh, just some um, poor presentation due to ancient technology, really.
1: Yeah, right. I, I was gonna say also that, um, I think we've talked about this before recently, but the it's become very obvious to me that they're more recent games, the QTEs don't matter, you can hit the wrong button and you can still like
0: yeah they've the definitely like that's
1: not how it's supposed to work yeah they've yeah, definitely pushed really back. Me.
0: i think I mean, sorry erica go ahead
1: uh, yeah i mean
2: to, to me like i the reason that i play games is for story-based decisions mm-hmm. and if they can be complemented by the design and the gameplay that's like tops for me like like yes. uh, the last of us uh mm-hmm. the last of us left behind where you know you're doing the storytelling uh and and the the gameplay design just really complemented it well like that's tops for me but for me like i'm just i love the best. way telltale's narratives play with your emotions and make you feel like you have this illu- there's this illusion of choice and it's crippling
0: yeah and it is an illusion in many ways that's
1: the thing like I I feel like I would appreciate it way more if you know in in the moment where I had to make a big decision as Batman with Catwoman I knew that I if I hecked it up there would be a consequence and I would see like a hecking up scene happen afterwards (laughs) you know like I want that I want that scene and it doesn't happen because I hit the wrong button and then I'm like oh, oops, that wasn't Q.
0: Well, Jesse can tell you of a series of games that he loves that do that really well. And that's David Cage's stuff. David Cage is a master of making games that have soft failure states. So um, Beyond Two Souls, great example. And I love this about him because... Game over is relevant in quite a few different games. Like some games just need a game over screen. But the cool thing about Beyond Two Souls in particular is that you can fail, but it won't stop the story. But it gives you a non-optimal result, which is still a failure state. You're still compelled to be good at it because you get a better result. But by failing, you're still advancing the story in some way. It's not a hard stop. And I love that aspect of it.
2: Yeah, I, I feel like for Beyond Two Souls, there was a lot less branching story than in, uh, than Heavy, in Heavy Rain. Rain.
0: Yes, the, you're I definitely mean, it was, right. It was,
2: very, it was very linear, but it still had that feeling of, of the, the illusion of choice and the, the failure state haunting yes. you at every decision. I, I agree. Yeah,
3: I, also I also think Heavy Rain was a better the, game. It also had the idea that how you played the ghost was, it affected that world as well. So it wasn't just like how you played the characters in that, it was in the ghost scenes. If you were a dick, it would like change outcomes. Or if you were like super nice as a ghost, it would change outcomes. Or if you were like, I'm going to be her friend, like really look after it would change. So like the way he did that was genius. Not the best game in the world, but like the stuff in it is like. Oh, agreed. I can't wait for Detroit. I'm so I'm so excited.
2: That is my most anticipated game this year, I think, just because I mean, yeah. It seems like the narrative branches for this one are crazy. I don't know how they managed to do all of it because, I mean, just from a programming standpoint, having having a, any branches along the way before the end are just bonk. Is just, is just bo- a bonkers amount of coding.
0: Yeah, and we've think, seen we've seen BioWare do it right, where they start thin and then they expand in the middle and then bring it together at the end. And yeah. at some, you know, a lot of people complain that Mass Effect Three in particular. It's like, well, everything I did didn't really matter. But in the middle and towards the end, it does to some extent. Like you can't have necessarily your decisions be completely game-changing in every way. But the more that you feel like you've altered the universe, even if the outcome is just flavored differently, the better that's gonna be.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm very excited for Detroit for the same reason. It's it's strange for me in particular, as someone that's not a story-driven game, that's very mechanically driven and quite competitive, that I actually like David Cage's stuff, but it feels like what I'm doing has a genuine impact. And I feel like that's the biggest strength of video games. That's the biggest strength of that interactive element of video games, marrying the storytelling with the mechanics and then giving me choice and consequence that was based on my own personal failure my ability to play the game well.
1: Right.
3: The man is a golden God. Let's just just (laughs) say it again. I want to reiterate. He went to a PlayStation press conference, walked out on stage and said, Here's a head, and people cheered, and then he walked off the stage. (laughs) It's a damn cool looking head. The man, like, he's like, Here's a head, and everyone's like, (laughs) Yes, yes, it was like a a well rendered head, and then he left, and people were like, The man is like, God, it cannot. do wrong. Yeah,
2: it's it's really exciting. You know, I, as somebody who came from film, I think that the most exciting stories are going to be told in video games in our lifetime. It's so exciting to have a medium being mm-hmm. developed as we grow older and and like the 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 stories that we tell through video games and the way we tell them, he's mm-hmm. innovating in them and there's so many other companies that are doing risky, exciting things and like expanding how we view gaming. Uh, and that's just so thrilling to me the key point that you made
0: there is the way as far as i'm concerned like you can tell any story in video games but can you tell it in a way that t- takes advantage of the things that this medium can do that no other medium can do which mm-hmm. is why i think cutscene heavy gaming in particular is sort of missing the point point. and anyone says we should be more like film it's like no we probably shouldn't there are lessons to learn from film but we should not try to ape film because it is a non-interactive medium. You can't just take the interactive bit out of games and then expect them to be as good as a piece of non-interactive media like film, television, or books.
1: Yeah. Right. Um I've I've been loving all of these FMV games that are coming out recently yeah. too. Uh, Dude, the oh sa- uh, story
0: yeah. That was great. There's, um, there's been a couple of other times that have you played one. Oh, you, are you playing one Jesse right now? Jesse and I then? are
1: playing one right now, and what is it's it? so fucking oh, weird. And like, this I thing love. Is ridiculous. Like, I love seeing companies like try to say, "Okay, yeah, we want it to be, we want it to have this like cinematic feel, and we want it to be like, we want it to feel like you're playing a movie. Like, how do we uh-huh. do that? Um, the one that we're playing right now is called "The Infectious Madness of Dr. Decker," and there are two episodes on your channel now, mm-hmm. Jesse. There'll
3: be another one later today. Um, it's
1: it's a fucking. It's. <laughs> it's so don't weird. Describe,
0: like, describe it to me. How Try to describe it.
3: Uh, the basic gist is, um, a doctor goes crazy and. Is either murdered or killed himself? We don't quite know.
1: Yeah, he's found he's found dead in his office, no. and we you play the therapist that takes over for him and like continues helping his patients. But as you as you talk to each of them, you realize like there was something super weird going on here. Like all of his patients were mostly normal when they started mm. going to him, and then got worse. And like. And
3: his assistant basically says like, the police believe one of these patients you're seeing killed the doctor. And so your job is to help them figure out which one it was. And your job is to like talk to these people because they're all messed up. And yeah, you learn that over time, every interaction they had with the doctor made them worse. And like- Worse in like,
1: weird ways not in like i had depression and then i got super depressed it's like i came in with depression and now i think i can stop time like that kind of like weird (laughs) extremes where you're like i'm sorry what (laughs) or or the guy guy who's like yeah the guy
3: who's like or or, or the the woman who uh is like yeah you know my husband i've been going through shit but like it's weird because i stabbed him with a steak knife and he's dead but i see him every day like that kind of shit Yeah. Uh She's like, no,
1: no, no. Everybody will tell you he's dead, but he's not dead. He's up at
3: the cabin and I go see him all the time.
1: I see him all the time. I brought him back to life. (laughs) You're just like, like...
3: hold on. What? (laughs) You ask them questions. So you have to find the keywords to ask them.
0: That's very like like her story, right? Like the the way that you found the footage to the archives is by identifying those keywords. Yeah.
3: Yes. Yeah. And so it's that, except you're asking questions. And so you have to figure out which questions you've asked, which you haven't. And they'll open up to you, but there's a, there's, a state in this because it is the infectious madness of Dr. Decker. Dr. Decker, so there's um there's triggers where it's like red next to a person's name means you haven't asked them enough, orange is you've asked them just enough, and green is you've asked them too much. And we oh. don't know what this means, but we think mm. if you keep asking them too much, you eventually go crazy yourself. Or like
1: you cool. get infected with the madness.
0: Yeah. That's so awesome. we're like,
1: don't let it go green. <laughs>
0: Yeah. It's very um, interesting I'm to see that the genuine consequence of that. It just Brand came new. Out last week.
1: Oh,
2: no kidding. Oh, I gotta check this out. This sounds amazing.
1: Yeah. They made another game that Jesse and I played a while back called Contradiction and we loved it. Like really, really loved it. And uh yeah, this game is this game kind of expands on the ideas that they started with with contradiction. And that's kind of what I'm hoping, just to like bring it all back. That's really what I'm hoping will happen with Life is Strange 2 is that they won't pull a telltale and be like, well, it works with the first one that they'll, they'll look at life is strange. And when they're making life is Tote strange or life is the strangiest, <laughs> the life <laughs> is hella strange the when they're making life is hella strange that they'll say like, how can we expand on this and make it even better? Like I would, I would really appreciate more people doing like really story heavy games to consider how to, improve their formats
0: yeah rather than just telling that story figure out what can i do in a video game context that lets me tell the story in a different way and lets the player feel involved despite the fact that these are preset characters with preset lines that do preset things that are preset personalities life is strange in particular i actually wanted to bring up earlier when we were talking about night in the woods because it almost had the opposite issue that night in the woods has where y- you will pretty much all said the characters in night in the woods you can relate to some of them on some level, regardless of who you are. I felt that Life is Strange was kind of the opposite of that. And initially it was criticized for its dialogue and its dialogue sounding a bit cringy and a bit badly written. But in reality, that's kind of how a teenage girl in that place would speak.
1: Yeah, it's kind of hilarious because I think every every person with a son or daughter around that age was like, that's exactly how my kid speaks. I don't know what everybody's problem is, which made me laugh.
4: Yeah, <laughs> I love it because it was a Dodger. I
3: was like, oh, I'm hanging out with little Dodger. And we played
4: up
1: <laughs> It is It is in Oregon. I felt yeah. connected. I felt connected to that game.
3: Was- yeah, God, that I want to I- like protect all those kids. I was like, they're my I know.
2: Well, that's the thing is it starts out kind of like they're, they're shorthand archetypes. It seems as, as like that's that what that is what's happening, but in the end, you kind of tease out each of the characters, and you see like little glimpses into their emails or or things that they tell you. And if you say the right things, they'll respond, and you go, "Oh, you are a well-rounded person." Uh, and I really appreciate that because, you know, like it's easy to to be lazy when writing kids.
3: I will yes. never let the internet. I will never let the internet forget this to the day I die. The comments, go back, look at the comments of the videos as Dukes and I are playing and uh the dad. Um, The entire time I was like, something's not right here. Like this dude, everyone's shitting on this guy. Yeah. and I feel like this is like, something's not right here.
1: Red herring. And
3: all yeah. the comments are just like, Jess, you're so fucking dumb. Like, oh my God. <laughs> and everyone's yelling at me. By the end I was like, oh, what I fucking tell you internet? <laughs> <laughs> oh. I was so <laughs> pleased with myself that like, I just stuck with it and didn't give into pressure because everyone's like, no, you're a terrible person, Jesse, for liking the that dad. Is, like-
1: that is what's hard about playing those types of games online is that I think that you get a much more, I don't know, like, pure experience out of a game like that when you're able to just go with your gut and not have a million voices being like, but I think that you made the wrong choice or I think I you should really do this. Yeah. It, I makes despise it, really, it. it makes it really difficult to, like, immerse yourself in those I mean, types of games sometimes.
2: To be honest with you, I always grew up playing games with people just... Like we, my friends and I would all get together at somebody's house and sit on the floor and, and play a game together. And there would always be voices chiming in saying like, no, we got to do this. now we got to do that. Right. Um, and so it, to me, it feels really
4: authentic
2: to have the train being driven by a whole chat room. Right. And, and you know, if I get in there early enough, you know, there's that 15 second delay. So if there's a decision I really want to make, I'll just make it. Yes. Um, but sometimes it is fun to have feedback from people and to crowdsource that. Yeah. And then it also kind of galvanizes me to make decisions sometimes.
0: Yeah. The the, the we saw a lot of this phenomenon around the release of Until Dawn, which is a very popular both streamer and YouTube game, and it went beyond the pale on that one because some people got genuinely upset when people allowed other characters to die or whatever. And I've made this argument time and again. It's like, why would you watch someone's playthrough to do the same things that you did? Like the the best thing about being able to watch other people's playthroughs is then make different choices, see different consequences, experience other aspects and facets of the game through the lens of what this person did, not through the lens of what you did. Like using it as a self-affirmation experience is to me not particularly healthy and the sheer bile that was coming from a lot of people regarding that was disturbing i still go back to the time when i was doing a video on portal 2 the game told me to pick up Wheatley, and i refused to do it and i stood there for five minutes people got genuinely upset at me for that they were furious at me because like no the game told you to do that you've got to do it like no but by not doing that I just let you experience a bunch of dialogue that you didn't even know existed in the game just by being contrarian and not doing that. And by watching me play that you have now experienced a different aspect and facet of the game that you would have never seen before. And that's cool.
3: All of this, I believe in my heart of hearts is leading to holodecks where you can play (laughs) a story, dude, I want to be like Jean-Luc Picard in that uh, detective story we're like Mm. oh man like that would be the shit and i love that that is definitely where these storytelling things are taking us where it's like you're typing and you're interacting with people and it's in this game and you're making choices and the choices have consequences and isn't just like i am the god of war and i cut your throat like it's more than that it's like i'm having a conversation with this person and what this is going to do is like affect something down the line i love that stuff i think that is Mm -hmm. amazing and hope we get to a point where games become look i just need to live that long that games become that cool that's all i want (laughs) then it can throw me in a box but i feel like i want that to happen like i know sooner on
0: the later and there's a place for it'll definitely happen sooner on the later and there's a place for both you know that there really is a place for both in that respect and i hope that neither of those genres go the way of the dodo because everybody has their own particular preferences when it comes to that they're all equally valid i just hope that one doesn't get treated as less of a valid form of gaming than the other there's too much gatekeeping in that regard it's nice to see new experiences and new genres pop out of this medium
3: oh i'd still want to be in a holodeck and like kill people but like oh yeah (laughs) i also want to be a badass detective in a holodeck too like i want man technology science get it we're almost
4: there
0: i mean that's vr's VR's already got us the holodeck killing experience. Now it's going to get us the holodeck mystery experience. That's I, genuinely I'd like surprising. i like to have the
2: holodeck walking around like in real time experience. Yeah. That's what I want. Um, yeah. I understand that there are limitations. We got to keep teleporting, but like, I can't wait to be able to like walk around in VR so we can get those whole storytelling experiences.
3: Yeah. What? What? There's a game just came out. I think it's a horror game that is that. Where it's not like a scary, scary horror game. Where it's like jump scares shit. But it's a VR like murder mystery sim kind of deal.
4: I love
3: that stuff. I'd be into that where it's like, it's spooky because there's a killer on the loose. And it's like, all right,
2: okay. (laughs) Into it. Oh God, I played a a chair in a room green water on VR, it is it is like broken the VR experience for me because now I'm always jumpy. Like I never know if the kid from the ring is gonna be crawling down the corridor. Oh god, nope, nope, thank nope, you. nope,
0: nope, nope. It's, no, it's it.
2: if you if you are a fan of horror games and atmospheric horror and then you should play it. But if not, don't because oh my God, ah, it's
0: ah. so scary. No opening. No way. Mm. Terrifying. No opening. No, what else does people be playing this week? Who wants to throw a hat in the ring?
1: Uh, do you want to talk about Dead Cells since you brought yeah, it up?
0: Yeah, we can bring that beginning? up. Yes. You've been hyping this game for the last few weeks. Oh, I decided gosh, it's to try so it. so fun. I was oh, really God. impressed.
1: Yeah. yeah, you dig it? All
0: right, Dodger, yeah, go for it, it. it. Give Give it, give, it, give Erica the elevator pitch on this one. Oh, yeah.
1: okay. Um, elevator pitch for Dead Cells. So in Dead Cells, Dead Cells is like sort of Castlevania-esque, but without quite as much exploration. So you go from zone to zone, just beating baddies, getting new weapons, um, better weapons, better like ranged or defense, or like items that you can use. And um, it's, it's just like a really, I don't know, it's just like a really solid beat-em-up. Like, you start here, you end here. New zone, you start here, you end here. Um, it's got the the whole, like, aspect of some weapons are really fast, some weapons are really slow, and so as you get to understand, like, all of the different baddies that you run into, you'll understand, like, the timing for them and how you can effectively beat them, um, and it has, like, a progression system overall, so you can make it so that certain weapons that you really like are just better overall, so if you find that weapon you know it's going to be just generally stronger <laughs> um so yeah it's just it's like kind of hard to explain but it's very fun yeah it it's, sounds
2: like nice and simple like like a simple it is. fun experience it's very, very straightforward,
1: straightforward to and with. it's also super weird in terms of you don't really know what you the are the world is strange i mean your, your head world is, is. Your like your head's
0: like A mold like sentient mold that crawled onto your body and brought you back to life it's bizarre so there is and it's like
1: right at the beginning of the game the very first like person or thing that you talk to is like oh cool you're back to life again like you've been doing this forever so it's like you don't i'm i'm really curious to see if they tell you anything about that um but even if they don't i think i would kind of be cool with it just having it be like i don't know what i am i don't know what anything is i don't even know why i'm doing this
0: mystery world (laughs) yeah this is the sort of game that i generally wouldn't really enjoy because side scroller metroidvania-esque thing is not the sort of thing i'm usually into but this one in particular it does what it does really really well and the sort of roguelite elements that are on top of it Mm -hmm. i.e Part of the level's randomly generated, so you never see the same thing twice. Mm. Random loot drops. When you die, what you did previous to that gives you some form of progress overall, so you're constantly getting new stuff. You're constantly getting just a little bit better. The base game without all of those things would be good, but with Mm -hmm. them, it's really, really good. Huge amount of replayability. Feels really tight. Controls really, really well. Feels like I'm learning genuine skills and i'm exploring a different run every time and because of the sheer amount of variety of new things that i'm finding a new weapon a new blueprint even if i find a weapon in the world the chances are it's different to the last version of that weapon i found because it's got little random stats on it like one might set an enemy on fire every third hit one might spawn a bunch of weird little orange well purple creepy things with bows on their heads that eat enemies i assume i don't know what they are but It's being able to get all of this crazy new stuff every time and that amount of variety, making sure that no run feels exactly the same is great. And it's well-paced too. You feel like you get items that really make you feel more powerful pretty much off the bat. Instead of these tiny little marginal upgrades that you don't really care about, the pickups that you get, the new stuff, makes you feel genuinely good and gives you this suite of abilities immediately that actually works. You feel effectual and strong but so do the enemies as well. So you mm-hmm. get that sense of challenge every time, but also that power fantasy in the process.
1: I guess they're going to nerf bleed. I'm really sad about that.
0: Probably. <laughs> Stacking game...
1: bleed items is like my mm. favorite OP move in that game. is just be like, all right, so I've I got like my the... blood sword, I've got yeah. my blood kunai, and I've got my blood shield, and I've got my, <laughs> like,
0: it's just... Toss all these things, just watch the monster just fall over and bleed to death, yeah. Game's uh, yeah, currently in early access, so about half of the game is done. There's still a lot of content, but they're readily developing it. This one, I think people are going to watch this one like a hawk. I remember when Darkest Dungeon was in early access, and the community was very fickle about if they changed any aspect of the game, the community would revolt in a big way. There was the heart attack issue that a lot of people didn't like that, yeah, and corpses corpses as well.
1: Everybody was like, "What?"
0: Yeah, and their solution eventually (laughs) was just like, "Oh, okay, we'll just let you turn them off if you don't want them." Then, which I think is ideal. You know, if you don't want them, don't want them. That's great. but this one in particular they're going to they already have a very large player base the game shifted over a hundred thousand copies already which is unbelievable (sighs) bearing in mind it came out with no fanfare at all it's extremely popular if they mess up i hope they don't it sounds
2: like really satisfying uh and it's so difficult as a metroidvania ish game to distinguish yourself from the pack these days there's a lot
0: of them yep not to mention being a roguelite as well so we get almost it seems like every week we get two more games that like well it's Mm -hmm. this but it's got roguelitey things which is like that means you die and then you have to go back to the start there's Uh some randomly generated stuff and there's some overall meta progression aspect to it like every time you play you unlock something for the next time those are the kind of the three defining aspects of it and a lot of these games, I think, use that as a crutch. They don't use it to enhance the experience. They use it to replace good basic gameplay, and mm-hmm. don't think that that works to hide it. It doesn't. You can immediately yeah. tell. yeah But this is great. I'm really surprised that I like it as much as I do. I didn't expect I'm to.
1: I'm glad that you wound up liking it. Is it? Because it seemed like from from us talking before. It seemed like the thing that you really don't get a whole lot of joy out of is the I don't know where I'm going I don't know where I'm supposed to be I don't know like how to navigation's progress.
0: great yeah I love the fact yeah. there's teleporters all over the place so backtracking really isn't required if the I even teleporters have to. are
1: so nice yeah
0: really convenient runs are well paced you're getting those upgrades regularly An issue I had with uh, the Gungeon in particular was I liked that game a lot but
2: oh I'm into the
0: Gungeon. it. Had had, you know, there were 10 minute plus periods of you not getting a meaningful upgrade and it felt like I was spinning my wheels. Whereas with this game, I'm always feeling like I'm getting something new and something cool, even if it's not a new weapon, a new item. It's like, here's a skill up that gives you more health or more attack power or all this kind of thing. Or I've collected some currency I'm going to be able to spend later on something new. So this game... all, all my Sorry. complaints, almost. All my complaints about any roguelite game, this game is kind of addressed. And I love have that. Have you
1: um, experienced a curse yet in that game?
0: I have not. <laughs> well, I have that fun. to look forward to, I guess.
1: Yeah. Well, there are... Um, so one thing that's confirmed in this game, there are definitely deities that you have to worry about. Okay. So uh, you will... It could be at any level. It could be literally right when you start the game. You can stumble across a chest... It's basically like a chest that has like a crazy face on it. It's like, okay. come on, come on, put your hand in me, put no, your hand in me. And it's, a like, it's a mimic. It's a goddamn mimic. And Everything's no. a, f- no. And if you, if you do, if you like put your arm in and let it like bite down on your arm, it gives you lots of gold and items, but you have to defeat a certain number of enemies without getting hit. Okay. And so they call it the curse. And there'll sure. be like a, a number above your head to tell you like how many enemies you still have left to kill. Um, that's the same with gold doors. You know, the like gold doors that you can like spend money to get through. Yes. If you if you just keep hitting the door, it'll eventually just break down. Um. But then again, you'll be cursed and it'll be like, the gods are very angry with you.
0: <laughs> I like the fact that so. a lot of uh, Dead Cells doesn't hide a huge amount of info from you. A lot mm-hmm. of these roguelike games take great pleasure in just not telling you things. And I don't think that that is beneficial i don't like it i've never really liked it it almost seems like it's become a staple of this set of games for no real reason probably because all the way back when the original roguelikes were around in the 80s they had the idea of scroll of identify and you didn't know what something did until you used it or identified it so they kind of kept that but they went too far it's like every item you don't know what this is you want to buy something oh it's a it's a thing uh it's a nugget it's a it's a uh to duck in something it's,
2: yeah it's it's funny back in the day they used to just withhold information from you period you had to like yes. call a helpline in order <laughs> to.
0: that was a like, money-making method yeah stuff. sell a strategy guide right. stupid final fantasy 10 <laughs> of, uh nonsense you know it, i i don't think it's necessary in a in a full-on roguelike maybe in a roguelite Sure, hide some stuff, put some secrets in there, have people discover mechanics, but don't hide everything for no reason. Don't make it frustrating. Don't obfuscate for the sake of obfuscation. Do it for a good reason so that when somebody does discover what something is through their own volition, or because they decided to look at a wiki up to them, they feel genuinely rewarded for doing that. They feel a sense of accomplishment. It's great. It's a good game. Mm. I'm going to keep playing it. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome
3: what are you playing
0: jesse we got a few minutes for the break you got anything quick
3: yeah uh so this is real quick because there's not much to spoil. i just started uh i got a early copy i've been hyping this game for a while of children of zodiacs which is the uh new square enus square enus square enus you want to try it again
1: <laughs> <bonus game. laughs> ah
3: yes the oh. new square penis game all right okay Part of are like indie platform that they're doing and uh i played it at pax east And essentially it's a game that is very much like Final Fantasy Tactics, except the battle is done with cards. And you build build decks, but also each card, it's like next level, each card uh, damage is like modified by dice. And so when you put down a card, you then roll dice that are like help that card. And if you get certain things, you get added benefits to that. And so it helps you as well. So it's like a three layer tactic game and uh, it also has a, a pretty great story, so it's it's super entertaining. And uh, I just started it, but it already has the same tactics vibe of like all the really classic tactical games. We're like, all right, all right. So gotta, like, I'm always my into God, this, this dude. And like, then I got to do this and do this, and like, then I got to roll these dice. And what it lets you do is it lets you not only build the decks out, but then you can craft and modify dice to help you do better with the decks you make. And so, like, it's sort of this feedback where I imagine eventually you'll have crafted, like, a killer deck with, like, amazing dice where you always crit everyone. So, like, I'm hoping that's where I'll end up, and I'll probably next week know a little bit more, but it's super cool so far.
0: Like the look of that. Yeah, I'd play this. I've Mm -hmm. got, I've still got the new, I say the new, it's the old Fire Emblem Echoes that just came out on 3DS is still sitting in the shrink wrap at the moment. I'm intrigued to play that.
2: I'm, I'm terrible at strategy games. Like I want so badly to be a good tactician, but it's never <laughs> gonna happen. It's never gonna happen. So I, I tend not to play, like I, I played Final Fantasy Tactics back in the day and I just kind of stumbled my way through because I love Final Fantasy, but uh, it, just, it, it doesn't give me the same joy that story-driven games do.
3: Yeah. The, this one's cool in that uh, the cards, before you place them down, show you where they'll work. So, like, mm. one of the characters, she's an assassin, but she also has a ranged attack. And it literally shows you, like, where it will work. So, you can always go back several, like, if you move her, you can move back. Like, there is no, like, well, you moved her, so you're stuck there. Undo is lovely, yeah. if you lose your attack, you can move around and, like, find the optimal place to put her. And mm. so, it, like, makes it so much easier because you won't fuck up just being stupid. Like, why do you know? <laughs> like, That's so- for
2: me!
4: Yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> User friendly, like it. it I I'm, I was playing through it and it's like, ah, oh God, I gotta. Oh, I see, I see. Okay, thank you, game. So it's it's and of course it it's it's very good on keeping with tropes, but doing it in really fun ways. So like, of course, there's the big guy with like the club who's like, hey, I don't know what's going on here, and there's a the little girl who find found the massive gauntlet of power that makes her like a badass, right? Like the assassin chick, and then like the nerdy guy who's like, I'm the inventor, but like everything. And then they like. Do the little twist with it, which is really fun. So there's always like, cool. you're like oh, you're it a looks trope. Cool. Oh, no, you're not. Yeah. No, it's, yeah. It's... No. So
4: no, I'm all about tactics
0: games yeah. like that. I'll, I'll hold on to that till it comes closer to release. But yeah, I do love my tactics. Eventually, I'll actually play that Fire Emblem, but Persona is still eating up all my time. So yeah. that's not going to happen until I'm done with that, at least. Which It'll... Fire Emblem? The... the new one, Echoes, which Dude. is the remake of. Uh, Gaiden, I believe. Can I just say, I like the old format more? I want to put
3: it out there. I like, I like when it, like, the new Fire Emblem games, they keep adding things to them to make it like there's a lot of stuff to do in here and there's a lot of stuff to keep track of. Echoes, I think, takes you back to when it was pretty simplistic. And I like that about
4: it. I
0: love that. That's a bit more of a, it's got this dungeon crawling aspect I heard mm-hmm.
1: about. Um, <laughs> never mind.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh
4: huh.
1: Uh-huh. uh-huh i was about i was about to say something about uh gerard and them and i wasn't sure if if i shouldn't um i never i don't i don't know they're working on it look okay they just Maybe released I'm, they just released a uh did a they release fire it video
3: yeah,
4: yeah okay
1: cool they did their You're fire emblem video more Leading. More? Like I, I don't know i didn't know if like they let people know what game they're working on before the video comes out i didn't want to like be that guy anyways they put out their fire emblem video sure awesome like the week leading up to that Fire Emblem video, it was just an office filled with people being like, "Why the fuck do people like Fire Emblem games? This ah. is so, this is so hard."
0: Oh, no. Fuck. They, they played <laughs> on the permadeath idiot. mode. I mean, I love the uh, the fact that characters permanently die in that game. That's great, but yeah. you don't have to play it on that mode. And I know a lot of people don't.
3: Well, when but your name I is a completionist and you have to, you have to, which is crazy. So, GG, bro. I hope you don't-
0: <laughs> Save scumming like a boss. Yeah, but-
2: like crazy yeah Yeah. this is not something i could ever do i
0: i just hope that this game and i don't know what the story's like is less focused on the whole waifu aspect and honestly you know oh it's super is oh no this game is oh oh, no oh is that good Uh, wait good or not like too much waifu too little waifu
3: no it's it's it's, yes like 100 percent. yes yes it's 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 more like Overwatch than anything else. Where it's like the waifuness comes from the fact that people are just obsessed, oh, okay. rather than they don't it show being any face. Actually, in the yeah. game, good. And that's what early Fire Emblem was like. People were like obsessed with characters in it, but they didn't actually be like, now stroke this character and she'll love you. Oh like, god, you know, yeah, wake them
0: up, later. blow in their face. Oh god, no. <laughs> yeah. Good. That's good. That's that sort of torpedoed fate for me. So I'll hopefully enjoy this one a bit more. As the cackles go on in the background. Let's take a break. When we come back, more about the games that we've been playing this week. You're watching the Corruptional Podcast. Do not go anywhere. We'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Total Biscuit. StarCraft Two can be pretty rough sometimes. It's skillful and demanding. It stretches even professional players to their absolute limits. Bearing that in mind, the last thing you need is somebody yelling in your ear and reminding you of all your mistakes. Your SCVs can't mine when they're dead. That's why I created the Total Biscuit Announcer Pack for StarCraft 2. Enjoy positive reinforcement. Your supply blocked. Might as well GG now. Sincere compliments. What do you lack in minerals? You make up for in charm. And calm, relaxing notifications. Your base is under attack. We're all gonna die! Are you a Zerg player? Let me tell you how beautiful you are. Metamorphosis is a beautiful thing. Oh, oh god, it's monstrous! All this and much, much more from the man who brought you the best play-by-play event in history. Building a supply depot right here. This could be the tactical, crucial move of this entire game. It's won about 20%, 25%, and here we go. The Total Biscuit announcer pack. Available to buy now in-game on the collection page. Resume the real-time strategy-ing. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Co-Optional Podcast. Uh, enjoying the Official soundtrack of Persona 4. Listening to way too much Persona music lately, honestly. I will say this, though. I don't know if I'm entirely sold on the Persona 5 soundtrack versus 4. I know everyone's got their favorite, but I'm leaning towards 4 being a little better.
1: I love just the, like, jazzy feel of 5. the jazzy feel of
3: 5, though. It's funny,
1: yeah, I'm, not, I'm not playing
2: Persona, but, you know, I have roommates who are, and so I just hear it constantly. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I've, got, I've got that. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
4: exactly.
0: <laughs> All day. <laughs> I'll tell you, best Persona soundtrack may very well be Persona Q on the 3DS, which was the uh, crossover with a Trey and Odyssey, because what they uh-huh. did was they took Persona music from 3 and 4, they mashed it together and did a collab with it, and that was really cool. Very much worth looking up the soundtrack to that game. The gameplay, not so much because it's one of those first-person sort of dungeon crawlers, but with Persona bits in it. You know, not a true Persona game, but... Right. Music. Mm. Delicious.
1: Dude, I'm literally... (laughs) The other night, I sat down and I was like, I'm going to beat five. I'm going to just beat it because I'm in the last area. I'm going to just sit down. I'm going to beat it. Got halfway through the boss battle, like the final boss battle. It's very (laughs) obviously the final boss battle, right? and started falling asleep and i was like if i know if i know persona games i know that the second this boss battle is over i'm gonna have an hour and a half of Mm cutscenes. yeah so i have to go to bed like i can't i won't stay awake i can't stay awake for this so um my ps4 is currently in like rest mode halfway through that boss battle and when i come back i'm gonna be like okay what was this guy all about yeah (laughs) shit I've been using
0: Suspend constantly for Persona 5 just with the remote play and it works perfectly. As long as I remember not to load another game, it will Uh, just jump right back in where I was, so...
1: Yeah, I was actually surprised because um, Sam and I finally have our projector working, and so the projector is literally only hooked up to the PS4, and I didn't realize that you can play games and then have them like in their, you know, off to the side state, and be able to, as long as it's not another game, Yes, You can open any other application you want. Like, we were able to watch Crunchyroll and everything, and Persona 5 is still, like, running in the background. I was like, "Yep, huh. I, I thought it's... you couldn't run two things at a time, but I guess it's just games. The technology,
0: yeah. wow. I Finally. know,
1: because I, well, I, I remember when
2: we had to, like, make sure that there was enough save space on a cartridge, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, if your memory card was full, you're like, I guess that's it. I guess I just have to replay this entire level over again. Mm-hmm. Yep. Ugh.
0: Yeah, it's nice, especially for, game like nice. Persona, where you can only save in certain places. It, that mm-hmm. suspension is great. Mm-hmm. Using it constantly, it's never failed. Speaking of something that will hopefully not fail, I would like to talk a little bit about our appearance at Momocon. Myself, Jesse, and Dodger are all going to be there. We have a little schedule of different panels we're going to be working we, on what, for what you. Jig, like- we can yeah, if you want to. Oh my God. So yeah. big. sure feel free oh my
4: God. I'll, let, I'll let
0: you guys so you're the experts on that so yeah
2: uh, um <laughs> critical role a lot of the critical role folks will be there as well indeed
3: yeah we oh, have, cool. we're gonna a fight with them we already <laughs> said we're doing it throwing Is it
2: to it yeah. be a dance fight or just like a regular like a like a Fish th- fight. i mean you they're know, like you know, they're voice actors funny. so like you know they don't need to be pretty they <laughs> are but like you know like
1: Rough them up a little, guys. I think we've just okay, gonna yeah.
3: punch them in the face.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. We don't need to protect their eight by ten. They don't need it. Yeah. It's true. Like
2: mm-hmm. their voices are you know how they make the money. Right. Punch them here, not here. Here, not here. Do yeah. not touch the vocal cords though, guys. No, not, not here. Got it. Yeah.
0: So I'm here's our to... schedule for MomoCon. It's on the screen right now. Friday and Saturday is when we're doing panels, <laughs> 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. talking with Total Biscuit in the Sydney Marcus Theater. Five thirty to six thirty, Co-Optional podcast will be going on in main panels A, ae four one one to four one two, which is I think the big panel room. After that, about half an hour after that, we're going to do autograph signing session for an hour. Feel free to come down to that. No, we're not charging for it. So come along, get a photo, get an autograph if you so desire. Just don't bring ten things to sign and you sign
2: anything
0: within reason. Without no, reason, okay, he will. <laughs> I'm not guaranteeing it. Saturday, May the 28th, 2.30 to 3.30, the Co-Optional Lounge on the main stage. We're going to be playing Super Fight and Snake Oil. The guests will be myself, Dodger Jesse. We're going to be joined by Super Bunny Hop, Atlanta native, as well as Mathis. So that should be entertaining, I hope. Streams, they're going to happen. There's like six Momocon streams. We don't know which one is in, but there is a Twitch team. Twitch.tv slash team slash Momocon. So... If you're trying to find it, we'll tweet it out, of course, but if you're confused as to where to look, if you're not going to be there, then you can head on over there. I think everything we're doing is streamed. And, of course, if you want to attend in person, it's the Andrew Young International Boulevard, Georgia World Congress Center. Big convention oh, yeah. center over there. There are ticket's okay. still available. momaconcom slash momacon dash 2017 dash registration. Gaming, anime, wow. comics, and all that good stuff. Come I'm on so down! So
3: excited to walk the floor with Dugs and look at anime.
2: Do all the anime <laughs> stuff. animals. What what animals are you into right now? What merch
3: are you looking for? Oh man, you know I'm. I need a few body pillows. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jesse. What uh?
2: What animals okay, are you, you into have, right now? Do you have Do you have any? Do who has body pillows? Do does anybody have a body body
1: pillow? Who do you have? <laughs> <laughs> who do you have? Who do you oh, have? I have Grimjaw from Bleach, because mm-hmm. you gotta. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also have a Hot to full Boyfriend, <gasps> limited edition. Wait, shut up. Yeah. No. The Who? top side, the top side is anime boy. Back side, bird boy. No! Mm.
4: Who is yes. This? <laughs> who did you get?
1: Oh my it's god! It's the um, it's the best friend who works at the cafe. So it's like oh. him as an anime boy in like a maid outfit, and then the opposite side is him as a bird in a maid outfit. <laughs> it's adorable. That's so cute. How did it's you get that? It was part of a humble bundle, like extra. Oh, they, they did were... the leggings for those too. I yeah, think. they they did the they did the body pillow yeah. cover. I got that shit. Body- was. Hell yeah, man! Oh.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What are you shaking your head about?
0: <laughs> anime
3: was a mistake.
1: Remember, remember when bo-
3: <laughs> anime was a mistake? It's true. <sighs> you know body pillows are about like boobs and stuff, not birds. I remember.
1: No, I don't remember, I remember. that.
3: The quality, man. All we they all remember. Be, One for all
0: people.
1: It's it's yeah. all about inclusivity, man. Yeah. Flavor
0: for everybody.
1: Remember when mouse pads didn't have boobs on them? And now they do. And it's cool
3: that both exist. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
3: uh, The only body pillow I want to own is the body pillow of me. Someone sent me a (laughs) body pillow of me. Don't. Ask. There
1: people, actually people. No, yeah. Jesse, for real. There yeah. are people that I watch on Twitch who just do designs for uh, body pillows. Really? So you body could, pillow yeah, you can hit that. one of those people oh up and be like, well, "I need you to draw so me," but for... like, sexy on one side yeah. and then like sleepy
2: on the other. So for I think it was like six thousand subs ba- way back in the day, two years ago, uh, for Geek and Sundry, Um it was like six k and a body pillow, and they made a body pillow of our showrunner. Um, and on one side, one side is his like d character of him in like this, like as this sexy, uh, I don't know, tiefling, I think, like uh-huh. demon tiefling. Uh, and then the other side is him like as like an angry little sassy anime boy. And it's so great because um, they made him bring it to TwitchCon to like have it guest with him up on the main stage. It's so that interview oh my is God. priceless, and As then, then he quit. Very soon. Oh yeah, and then now he's gone. And but you know, you know, we we it was good while it lasted. But yeah, uh, body pillows are just such a funny I, I such a funny thing. I would I would like a body pillow, but I don't know of what yet. You know, I yeah. hear that no, I'm no, gonna have fair. body
3: pillows out soon. So like, if you <gasps> want one, I'll send it to everyone to get. inside. Yes! Oh my God, God sure please send me a, a body one. pillow. Make sure Felicia gets one. And then, <laughs> <a> <laughs> now I feel like I'm obligated to make this happen and I'm you, not okay.
2: You promised me. My joke you is You promised far me a body pillow.
3: You know what? This is too far. You know
0: what? It was a joke, y'all. It's not going to happen. Do
2: not joke yeah. with me, Jesse Cox. Yeah. Do not joke so like, with me.
0: It's on film. It's on the internet. You can't <laughs> escape it now. No, yeah.
2: Real. You
1: made yeah. a promise on the internet. <sighs>
3: body
1: pillow.
3: So be it. So be it.
1: I like the chat is just filled with people going, Poor TB. Poor, poor sweet TB.
0: So trapped
1: here with these people.
0: <laughs>
1: we're, uh, we're anime trash.
0: <laughs> oh, I already knew that for at least one of you. Now I just have confirmation that there are more than I thought.
2: Yeah, I mean, I actually don't watch a ton of like anime these days, but like, I, I still, it's still in my heart, you know? Once Once yeah, anime trash, always anime trash.
1: I feel like I feel like most people who who do love anime will go through like ebbs and flows right like they'll have a period of time where they're like god I just really want to watch some fucking anime and they'll (laughs) go ham on anime for a while and then you know and then cool off on it for a little bit and then be like oh yeah anime I love anime so yeah I mean
2: I like I think my, my top is still cowboy bebop. For for sure, and that's just one of my. That's favorite That's respect. Thank you. Media in that's the okay. Ever, yeah. That no. <laughs> TV. That's you okay. For okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's. A, I can approve of that.
1: <laughs> okay.
2: All right. Good. good. Yeah.
1: All right.
0: Back to video games, shall okay. we?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I played that little old man's journey game. Oh, yes. Oh, I haven't. I haven't played it yet. Is it good? Yeah, it's good. It's cute. Yeah, it was. It's very short. It's actually, I didn't realize this, it's a um, like landscape sort of, I'm trying to think of how to even describe it. So you play, you're like a little old man and at the beginning of the game you receive a letter and you receive like this little letter and you live by the beach and you go into your little house and you put on a backpack and then you just start walking. So you are essentially uh, sort of, you're not really controlling the Guy all that much. more so, you're controlling the world to allow the guy to progress. Okay. So there are different um you see like you know the foreground and the background and whatever in betweens, and you can move those things around in order to create like in order to create a situation where he can go from point a to point b. Um, and sometimes it gets like a little bit more complicated. For the most part, the game is really simple. It's it's much more about the story of like this old man and why he's going on this journey and him reflecting on his past and stuff. Um, so yeah, I I thought that it was like a really sweet, simple game. And I saw that it's on mobile. I think that it would be perfect for mobile. Yes. Because you don't literally you're just like, all right, I want this part to go up and I want this part to go down. Good, <laughs> it's good not... touchscreen.
0: Yeah.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: That's something I got pickup on there. Cool. How yeah. how long do you think the game is? I'm
1: trying to remember how long it took me. Uh I wanna say it was like an hour and a half or two hours. Yeah, that seems short. Seems
0: about right. Yeah, mm-hmm. but on mobile it's only a couple of dollars, I think. So Yeah. That probably is the place to play it. Yeah. Cool.
1: it's, it's pretty cute. So I played that one, and I finally, because now it's in early access, I finally started playing Oxygen Not Included.
0: Yes. What do you think about that?
1: Oh, another play game. Yep. Oh, my God. Yeah, I just Um, recently tried out Don't Starve Together. Oh, Don't Starve Together is super fun. Yeah. Uh, So for anybody who doesn't know what Oxygen Not Included is, it's it's, it's a colony builder, but it's essentially like a gas manager. So you... I, I think in the storyline you land on an asteroid and you have to sort of, you, you start in like this small bubble surrounded by just like dirt and other materials and you have to just expand, right? You have to find food, you have to find um, you know water, you have to, you have to find all these things in order to keep your colony alive. But I, I say that it's a gas manager, and the reason that it's called Oxygen Not Included is because you start off in an area with oxygen. Um, but, you know, these these I think the game calls them duplicates, as they breathe, they're breathing in oxygen, but they're not breathing out oxygen. Right. So you have to, like, figure out how to keep oxygen in the area. As you expand you're going to run into different types of gases so there's certain like pockets that you're going to hit that are just vacuums that don't have anything in them but sometimes you'll hit a pocket that just has carbon dioxide or just has chlorine and like there are all of these different gases that start intermingling and as your colony grows there's going to be um helium and hydrogen and like all of these different gases methane like everything mixing in with the air, and you have to figure out the most efficient way to be filtering out the gases that they can't breathe and figure out where to put them. Um, It's, oh my God, it gets so complex. And at the same time, I feel like I'm learning so much. I was like, wait, is all of the carbon dioxide at the bottom of the screen because it's denser? And my chat was like, yes. And I was like, I'm learning science right now.
0: Yeah, that um, was uh, when I talked to them at PAX. That was one of the things that they emphasized that the whole game is built on living systems that make logical sense within the realms of science. So, if you have an understanding of how that works, you will do better. And if you don't, you're gonna bloody learn because you're gonna lose otherwise.
2: Right. Oh man, I, yeah, I love like games that have that or have incidental learning in them
1: yeah me too I was like you know this is really really difficult but I'm delighted at the fact that I'm I feel like I'm learning a lot about like different gases like it's so interesting and there were some
4: yeah
1: there no it's totally fine there were some things where I was going okay well I don't know why I would need this. Like, I don't know what this is for. Um, There are some, you know, valves that are like, oh, you put this valve on to make sure that that pressure is normalized. And I was like, I don't know what, why I need to normalize pressure or like, um, there are switches. And I'm like, I don't know why I would need a switch. And then. Uh, you know, people were saying like, oh, you really need to be careful as natural gas is filtering into the air because that's explosive. And I was like, oh my God, there's so many things to think about, you know, so. Well, um, so a
0: what could go wrong simulator, you know, that yeah. you're not supposed to survive. You're going to die and hopefully in a mm-hmm. hilarious way possible. And the whole point of it being that those replicants or duplicates or whatever kind of are minds of their own and they're not very nice people. Generally speaking, mm-hmm. they can get greedy they can get gluttonous they can get lazy they can just get resentful of people and they start to do things that you don't want them to do and you have have, to manage that
1: yeah they have traits a la like darkest dungeon they have positive Mm. traits and they have negative traits they have things that they're good at and things that they're really bad at um it took me a while to figure out how to assign jobs i was like in every colony builder there are you can assign jobs you can say like don't fucking do this you're bad at it yeah, do this other stuff, you know. Um, so once I finally figured out how to do that, it made it a lot easier because, yeah, they'll they'll, depending on their personality type and the traits that they have, like if you if you wind up with a bad group of people, you might wind up having nobody that ever wants to pick up anything, and you're just like, where are all of my materials? No. Oh, they're just sitting there. Nobody's picked them up, you know. So, um, yeah, like assigning jobs becomes really important. And there's always going to be things that you don't think of um and that'll that will probably be the thing to... that
0: kills you as well it's like ah oh, yeah damn
1: it. up up until this point nobody's died yet for me so i'm like wow Soon. um but it's a constant i don't think there's there's this isn't the sort of colony builder where you can ever be self-sufficient ever because again they're always going to be using air And they're always going to be using the oxygen and whatever way that you decide to create new oxygen, that's a finite resource of some kind. Like there's just no way that you can reach a point where you're like, all right, I'm good. And I I think that that like creates like a little bit of stress. Like you're always going to be chasing that next problem that shows up, but it is very fun.
0: Yeah, I'm intrigued to see how it compares to Rimworld. I assume no one in here has played Rimworld.
2: I watched a lot of it being played that's ah. that's the one where uh you have to get your colonists to build the ship back home right I um, believe yeah, so was, yeah yeah it's I, I watched a lot of that and it, it's just fascinating too because a lot of the patterns were pulled from data that that the they had scraped from you know like dating sites and from yeah like, oh, uh, interesting. you know simulators. it's all based yeah, on a set think, of
0: logic yeah.
2: Yeah, and, and so that that was fascinating to me because talk about incidental learning, you know, they just mm. like pull stats in order to make game design and that's that was fascinating. Yeah, mm. that looked really, I am again bad at strategy uh and resource management. Like it has to be in the form of cute animals, <laughs> uh, for me to really go for it. Uh but but yeah, that looked like a really good game. You need a hardcore
0: yeah. Viva pinata for you by the sounds of it. Yeah. <laughs> God, I love that game. We need that back. It was great. <laughs> So good. Just oh. get rid of that stupid little maze game with the eating of the sweets for the breeding. Get rid of that and everything else is great. It was an awesome <laughs> game. Love that damn thing. Yeah, yeah um, And also
2: oh. Animal Crossing for the Switch. Mm. Animal Crossing for the Switch.
0: That'll, that'll be a system sell. So I'm assuming they ever stock the damn things again. We'll be, I'll be interested to see sort of which one wins out because I think these games are directly competing. Clay's art style, I think, is going to walk all over Rimworld, but Rimworld is definitely further along. And I'm interested mm-hmm. to see which sort of wins out i mean i've loved everything clay's done even the stuff that i'm not a fan of personally i can appreciate too i've
1: i've i think that all of clay's games have overall been just very clean and very good games so this is the sort of early access situation where i'm like i have complete confidence you are going to finish this game um i also have confidence that you're going to make the best game that you know how to make and it's already pretty good. So um yeah I'm happy with it so far. I'm it'll it'll be fun to see what sort of things they tweak in a game like this because uh, from my perspective being somebody who might not even understand the patch notes, right? Like they're <laughs> just like, oh we've adjusted the way that um this gas does this thing. And it'll be like
4: no mm, Can uh-huh.
3: I ask you a question? Interesting. What do yeah. you got? Like so, I'm looking at the wiki, and like I'm trying to see all the different like things that are in this game. Is there a win
0: state? I don't believe so. I don't
1: think so. I oh, think you're
0: gonna go lose.
1: I think so survival, you're survival. You just gotta keep surviving. Right? Yeah. Well, I think like technically you're trying to get to the surface of the asteroid. Is that correct? I'm I, I not just, sure because what you're
3: saying and like everything I'm seeing, it's like okay, you're just basically you're chasing that next gas, chase that next fix of gas, man. And, it, it, I'm like, all right. Well, eventually, do you run out of world? Yes, or do you do. It too yeah. For you
4: to so currently, like,
0: the end, no matter what. Currently, like, in the current version of the game, there's no win state. They probably will not add one. It, basically, these games are all derived from the granddaddy of them, which is Dwarf Fortress, which is right. one of the most complex, ridiculous games. I love reading about Dwarf Fortress. I could never play it because of how crazy complex it is. It's like Eve, yeah. Yeah, read... um, If you have some time, read the saga of Boat Murder. It is a... The Okay. This will require some (laughs) explanation. So there was a succession let's play of a game called Dwarf Fortress, which is a very complicated game about dwarves that go and build a fortress in a very hostile land. The dwarves have their own the minds of their own, everything goes wrong and it's a game of you will eventually die. They called the castle for the Succession Let's Play where everyone had to play a year then hand it on to the next person, boat murdered uh, for some okay. reason. And they okay. a lot of the guys that did it wrote it narratively. They wrote a story around everything that happened and showed it through screenshots. The story of boat murdered is a story <laughs> of captured elephants, the elephant uprising, most of the dwarves dying in lava and death uh, an elf war, crazy dwarves locking themselves up in workshops to make satanic trinkets, <laughs> uh, d- dwarven mayor bureaucracy. Everything you could imagine that could happen in this game can because there are so many complex layers of simulation that crazy right. shit happens always. But the game is impenetrable. It is extremely hard to play. It's been in developed for about a decade. Only a couple of guys wow. making it. It's completely free. But some games have tried to give you the dwarf fortress feel, but make it more accessible. Rimworld is one of them. There are a couple of others. I think Castle Story was trying to do it when they kickstarted. Even
1: Rimworld and... is still so fucking hard, though. Yes,
0: and oxygen like, not included is trying still to do it too. Just like,
1: fuck. Well, that's oxygen the thing. not included I think is much more accessible because it feels more it feels more lighthearted.
0: Yeah, and um... it's it's top down, and the UI is a bit less crazy. Humorous. But right. that's the thing about Dwarf Fortress. There you can't make a Dwarf Fortress hints. style game without all of the layers of simulation because the whole point is emergence and unexpected behavior. You can't do that if you haven't got a bunch of systems for the NPCs to interact within. So you can't simplify it too much because it just won't work. So I'm intrigued to see which ends up being the spiritual successor to Dwarf Fortress that people are more apt to access, that are able to play. Right. Mm so i'm intrigued uh there's both of these look like great options clay makes great games so yes. it's currently an early mm-hmm. access it's been in alpha they could have bought it on the site for a while but it did come to steam early access but there's a lot of work to do there nowhere mm-hmm. near done now there's Rimworld, but rimworld has been in development a lot longer
4: yeah
0: i'm intrigued uh- i want to try one of them at some point what you got jesse
3: so i finally we talked about this last week and i was like i'm definitely gonna play it uh regalia of men and monarchs
0: yes i am not got around oh. to this yet but oh, i'm intrigued
3: so it is it's uh, for some reason i'm on a tactics game kick right now i don't know why uh it's a good kick to have is it's a it's a tactical game where you play as a young man who has been given a kingdom uh and it's in shitty terrible terrible state and it's you i love that idea already
0: who,
4: uh,
3: yeah it's you your two sisters one who's like the bubbly one one who's like I'm the sexy but like mean one and then you're like manservant and you go there and discover that your kingdom is in ruins you've inherited this mess and um you mistakenly like eat the ashes of an ancestor and he like, I'm sorry how do you accidentally them? do
0: that?
4: <laughs>
3: He's an idiot. And he, okay. uh, he eats them and so the ancestor the ghost follows you around because he's inside your stomach and so he's like you damn kids and so he's like your mentor and the basic gist is the like evil bank has come to claim the kingdom because no one for centuries has paid all the dues and like you have to rebuild the kingdom while battling all these evil things to like get people to show up in your town some oh these are all the things i love looks
1: awesome yeah it
3: is is super fun here's my problem
1: take started
3: yeah, the first part of this game, so, the yeah. first hour or so, is the most un... It, it Like, it's all dialogue, it's all talking, you don't oh. really, like, do much. So it's like, te- I was going to make a video, but I was like, I'm going to have to play this and maybe stream it later. Like, there's, get it you can make a video of a game like this, because the first hour is all dialogue. Okay. Oh. And, like, explanation, like, how it works. Oh, so, I, yeah. But once you actually get into it, super fucking fun. Like, it is great the art's cool all the characters are great they're very tropey but like super fun um and it's literally yeah on the screen there you just had like the four of them and like the sassy sister and the one is like cute and the, like the guy's like i'm the one i'm the tough guy and then the main character of course is the guy who's like oh man i don't want to be cake <laughs> of course and, yeah and it it's it's pretty entertaining uh but mechanically it's great like story-wise everything's like meh ho-hum but mechanically and what they have you do by building your town up and going out and find people to live in your town and then they give you upgrades and so like you have to manage the town
0: while doing stuff and battling and it's it's that pretty- in itself is a story the aspect of rebuildings i love rebuilding things mm-hmm. coming into something that is a mess it's kind of it's one of the main reasons i loved andromeda despite all of its yeah. flaws it is yeah. you inherit a mess and then you are asked to make it better and I find that a very compelling thing to invest in. That's a good motivation for me as a player, especially yeah, that- when I could see the results of my labor.
1: That was one of yeah, the side and- aspects of Stardew Valley too, is that you had like this this one area of the town that was yeah. just a shithole. <laughs> and as you like worked and like helped the town out more and more, it would like come back to life. Yeah,
2: and game cool. design it works well too, because you know there's a built there's a, there's a world that is built. And you are being introduced to it, and it explains why everybody has to explain everything to you. Is because mm-hmm. you're, like, rebuilding from the ground up, but there's a still an existing world that's very rich.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. I, still, I still need to get around to sitting down and really going hard on Little King's story, especially now that they oh, have yeah. really fixed the PC version, because that is what would happen if you mixed Animal Crossing with Pikmin with a kind of town builder.
2: Oh my God, that sounds amazing to me. Okay,
0: you need to play that right now. Um, oh yeah. my
2: God, yes, please. Okay,
0: PC version's is the best version.
2: Oof, it I, was on I Wii initially. lost so much of my life to Animal Crossing uh, because I just, I, I like beat that game on the DS, you know, I had the hold <laughs> in everything. It, it's beatable? furniture sets. I mean essentially,
1: if, you I if you have the best sure. everything, I guess.
2: I guess that does make sense, yeah. Off, and you don't own Tom Nook anything, that's like that's like the win state. Yeah, or, that
3: guy, by the way.
2: Right? He's <laughs> Fuck a, Tom Nook. one of the creepiest villains in any game because he is like we all know a Tom Nook, right? Like we all have
0: like well, the, a, the, a, a that cre- creepy, abusive do. loan loan shock? <laughs> yeah. i, want some, so I mean the back someone. i guess like, you know what you are the irs
4: you're a talk sir
0: tontuck, sir yeah you, give it a try uh, it originally came on the wii so nobody bought it uh, they, th- they did a vita version called new little king story nobody bought that because one vita and two it ran terribly every version of this game has ran badly but there's an interesting story because when it initially it, they ported to pc out of nowhere and then it, the port was awful, like, it ran terribly. And what they did was um, they approached the guy that fixed the original Dark Souls on PC. Durante is his name. The guy who did the big mod that made it better. They actually came to him and said, can you do anything about this? And they gave him the source code, like, the full commercial game, which is mind-blowing that you'd ever do that to a modder. He went into the game and was like, okay, the people that programmed this are crazy, Like, the way that they did it was so patchwork, like it's broken stuff built on top of broken stuff and stuff that doesn't make sense related to this. But he fixed it up as best he could, and now it's way, way, way better. And on PC, this game is just a really unique genre blend. You've got the Animal Crossing aspect, you've got the Pikmin aspect, you literally take your king out and you lead different kinds of villagers and you throw them at things to solve problems so you can literally
2: you, like pikmin style
0: yeah, yeah you throw them. you literally throw them at him so there's different villagers can evolve into different jobs as your <laughs> ki- kingdom which is bankrupt gradually grows and builds there's tons of puzzles there's stuff like you'll you'll get mail from different villages in your mailbox ask you to solve problems a bunch of story development there all sorts of unique interesting mini games and mechanics and boss fights and the style of it is it looks like a children's game, but it's actually got a lot of adult humor in it. It's got really subversive, interesting humor, and it's completely overlooked. Most people don't even know it exists, and it's wonderful.
2: I will check that out because I still have my Wii set up.
0: Oh, yeah. You could buy a second-hand copy for like $3 probably. It's it's pretty good on Wii. It's, the PC version is a bit better, but it's still great on Wii. So, mm. yeah, I'd highly recommend it. I just need to have 40 hours to sit down and really go hard on it. I'd really get far into that game. It's incredible.
2: Uh, One game since uh, Twin Peaks just aired on Sunday, um, one game that I wanted to give a shout out to fans of Twin Peaks for is uh, Thimbleweed Park.
4: Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah.
2: Job. OK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot. Of, I feel like there's so many games that are influenced by Twin Peaks these days. I was expecting a
0: Deadly, deadly Permanent. Premonit- whatever. Yeah, all Alan, all yeah, Alan yeah Wake.
2: Deadly uh, Life is Strange. But uh, the newest one is Thimbleweed Park, I'd say, um, which is uh, by Ron Gilbert uh, and, and a lot of the classic team behind like Maniac Mansion and those hmm. old Arts and click games. Yeah. Uh, it, it is like uh, this, the sexed up version of what you remember LucasArts games. Yes. Like. yes. Yeah. So so it it is it is the point and click genre and you can like push, pull, open, close, talk to, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but the interface is so much easier than the old days. There's no pixel hunting. Um Thank the, God. Pal- the color palettes is like instead of the old one, it's pixelated, but it's like this beautiful uh whole like lighting like dynamic lighting and and uh there's like a great score. Uh it's the same humor and and the style of writing as the old games and it's it's just so delightful and and it's got a Mm -hmm. twin peaksy feel the idea is is that um you play as one of like a couple different characters maniac mansion style and uh, there's two detectives that come into this town where everything's like a little weird and they're here to solve a murder but it leads to so much more than that so mm. i you know i've i've only just like gotten into the gameplay of it and i'm just i'm loving it so much because it just has that feeling that nostalgic feeling for me but is easier to play
0: you- brought up a really interesting point that's actually come up quite a bit over the last couple of months. The idea that we're seeing revivals of old classics and some of them are too close to the old classic to the point where we realize what we remember through our rose-tinted spectacles actually doesn't really work anymore. (laughs) And then there are other games that are not about reviving an old classic. They're about reviving what you thought the old classic was in your yeah. mind's eye. I, I'm interested, did you play Broken Age at all?
2: I did, yes.
0: How would I... you compare the two? Because Broken Age was criticised for not maybe being a great point and click, whereas this one seems to be getting a much better reception. What do you think yeah. about the two
2: yeah you know i i think like i love the art style of broken age and i love oh, yeah, the it was beautiful in the world um the first one i i played through and i enjoyed the sec. i never got through part two because i didn't either i just got stuck on the puzzles um and, and there was so a massive was a
0: difficult difficulty point. jump between the yeah, two yeah. I, I feel
2: like and i and i thought i thought i was just dumb at first but then i was oh, seen no. online a lot of p- other people were also getting stuck and i think that's that, it, it feels like those old games in that way, in, in that like a lot of the puzzles solving might be like a little- Moon little, logic. Little, yeah, a little obtuse, a tiny bit obtuse. And and that was kind of like, when I when I actually think back to like a, a day of the tentacle, like how was I supposed to know that I was supposed to stick the hamster in in, in the microwave? You just kind of got to guess yep. for a lot of these things. Um, and, and yeah, so so the kind of like cobbled together puzzles is it is like a recreation of those old times. But yeah, Thimbleweed Park is the recreation of the feeling of those old times, and I really like it. Right. And I still love Broken Age, and I and I still buy the merch. But uh, yeah, I I never got to finish part two.
3: Let me let me just tell you, you did not miss out on much. <laughs> oh. The last puzzle in Broken Age might be one of the most difficult things I've ever done. In a game ever. Like, it is not reasonable the, like, thought process they had of you figuring it out. And then the result is not an ending. Like, it is a, we're going to wrap up the story in the credits, which is like a, like, what like we didn't finish the story what and it's like we're done do you think
0: i think it was the kickstarter that in the feature creep and splitting it into two parts that really suffered because i think with the split in particular the massive jump in difficulty between part one which was so easy even i could figure it out and part two which was oh god what i need to walk through right now was massively jarring if it was just released as one game do you feel like they would have been able to smooth that curve out a bit
2: I, I think so. I think you're right. and I think it, one thing that I noticed was that when I was playing part two, I was like, well, this should have been rolled into part one because it's the, yep. it's like a lot of the similar like game play and feel. It's just that it's like you're you're reversed in terms of where you are yeah. like in the ship or on the world. Um, and so I, yeah, I think if it had been one big long game, it might have it might have been a little more elegant
3: and easier to figure out things. One of the biggest puzzles at the end is literally remembering shit that happened oh, in God. the first half of the game. And you're like, it's been months since I've even touched yes. it. Yeah. How am I to figure this out? Oh yeah, like if you if it was one game, that would have been a probably pretty fun experience, but the cut and the split was like jarring yeah. with some of the things they wanted you to do. And you're like, "How? there's no world in which this happens.
0: Really intriguing to see how the budget issues with that game, and in fact, the game's own financial success actually kind of resulted in its downfall to some extent. You know, Mm. Double Fine's a little infamous when it comes to budget management. And Broken Age, while it was a great Kickstarter success and certainly drove more people to the platform, the way that it was handled was not ideal and probably resulted in an inferior product. It's a shame they actually didn't make less money because they may have constrained themselves. And honestly, limitation can lead to... Great game design. A lot of these yeah, games of back in the day were so limited. You were to mention in color part A lot of these art styles came directly from that fact. And regardless of that, some of them still look great. I mean, look at Sonic. Look at the original Sonic. Timeless aesthetically. If they had better technology, that wouldn't have made the game look better. It might very well have made it look worse. You know, that's mm-hmm. why you go back to a PlayStation One game that's in three D and it all looks terrible. An N sixty four game looks terrible, but a mega drive game or a super nintendo game because those limitations still look great because they're yeah. working within those limitations say with music in particular the classic tracks streets of rage sonic all that kind of thing having a, f- a full access to an orchestra wouldn't have made that better
2: oh yeah yeah you have to create really iconic uh tunes with just a couple of notes
0: which means great hooks most of the time yeah, yeah, yeah. don't over complicate it yeah, it's cool. It's good to hear the Thimbleweed Park seems to hit the nail on the head. Um, and yeah. I, I think our discussions going to happen more. It's been happening with the new Quake in particular, because there was a lot of pushback against Quake champions. And I went to bat for it last week because I finally played the beta and really loved it. And I made the claim that there's a group of purists that are sort of against it in principle based on their memory of what Quake was 10 years ago yeah. in a non-competitive environment versus what Quake actually was. And the Quake Champions was very Quake, and the changes were a good thing to advance it and make it feel fresh. They didn't ruin it, but there is a very much a holdout group that believes that. And if they don't want to play it, that's cool. They could still play Quake to this day if they like. But the memory of Quake versus what Quake actually was, very different.
2: Yeah, and I'm I'm interested. Like I, I got a chance to play the new Crash Bandicoot, you know, mm. uh at like PSX. And I realized like I, I, I was like, wow, I'm really bad at this. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But I think it might just be because they really went for that old feeling of Crash Bandicoot, which was very punishing. A lot of these games that we used to play were very punishing just due to technical limitations. And and things have gotten easier now. uh, And so they have had to start to try to go back to those punishing feelings, like in Dark Soul, all the From Software stuff. because we just want that feeling again. And so it's interesting to see the actual games come back and, and be brutal.
0: Well, that's what, that's been the big split on ukulele over the past few weeks, hasn't it? They, Yeah. Some yeah. people like, yeah, this is exactly what a modern Banjo-Kazooie would be. And then other people are like, this is keeping the things which were in Banjo-Kazooie that we didn't really like and don't really have any place. And as a result, the game isn't good. Or maybe they missed the point in some way. Like. They it's like, well, let's have 200 collectibles or whatever. It's like, yeah, but that wasn't what people enjoyed about the game and the way that collectibles were designed in Banjo-Kazooie was almost as breadcrumbs to lead you to other places in the level instead of scattering them in random areas. and I, It's an intriguing ongoing discussion. It, uh, I saw a discussion about a week ago where it's was like, damn, I wish we could have RTS like Command & Conquer And I was like, oh, and it wasn't competitive and people weren't worried about, oh, yeah, the optimum build. And I was like, no, they totally were. Like, you don't remember tank rushing? That was a huge thing. The problem is you weren't watching eSports at that time. Yeah. Yeah. Those games were highly competitive. You had all of the elements that you have right now in modern RTS. It's just we didn't get to see it. You played single player and comp stomp or with your friends who were also bad you didn't play at a world championship level so you didn't understand the skill ceiling of the game it's an intriguing concept so you got to build those games around the nostalgia and what people thought they liked
2: yeah yeah and like i I'm, I'm really intrigued to see what final fantasy 7 out of everything that's going to oh
0: god out, be, like, ne- I, they can't do it right can they it's I mean, impossible never they. Up to the hype never in a million years oh
1: no no way
0: I just,
2: I want it to be good, and I just, I'm holding out, I'm holding out hope. I am an optimist, and at the very least, it's going to be incredible to see all of that art in an updated
3: style. Think, think we'll ever see Kingdom Hearts 3. You know what? I bet our grandchildren will love (laughs) it. One day,
1: yeah. (laughs) One day. It will come out, one day. Yeah, our
3: descendants play it. I bet they'll really enjoy it.
4: Yeah.
1: In
3: Neo
0: Tokyo when it's finally released.
4: Yeah, the <laughs> kids won't know how good they
3: have
1: it.
0: No. Yeah. Uh, so there was a game that I played that I kind of promised my viewers to talk about because I lost my entire day yesterday to this thing. Sorry, I'm a bit hoarse right now. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Uh, the previous game to it, so it's called Endless Space 2. The previous game was kind of neat. The studio called Amplitude have been making games with the word endless in them and they're all in the same kind of universe mm-hmm. so they made endless space which i was like eh when it first came out it was okay then they made dungeon of the endless which was right. a weird dungeon crawler slash tower defense thing very unique mm-hmm. very strange then they made something called endless legend which was like a fantasy almost like fantasy civilization that. game kind of like civ hex based now they've made Endless Space 2. They're all in the same universe, which means they have ties together in terms of lore and races and things. Endless Space 2 has been in early access for a while. I've avoided it up until now because I don't want to play a game like that that's incomplete. They decided, we're good. We're ready to go. I just lost every... I, lost, I was up until midnight last night. I started about 2 p.m., said, I'll learn this. And I sat through the first hour or so because learning a 4X grand strategy game is complicated. It takes a while. Mm-hmm. They have a nice little tutorial mode that says, oh, if you played 4X games like Civ or Master of Ryan before, we're going to put a tutorial on that teaches you things specific to endless space. Everything uh-huh. else you could probably handle yourself. And they were right. You could probably handle it yourself. And midnight comes and I'm like, just one more turn. Just one more turn. The, the feel, those great feelings that you have with... Stuff like Civilization. And I am really enjoying this so far. There are definitely aspects that I think need touching up. It feels like the game probably still should be an early access to some extent. Mm. There are some performance problems. There are features that are not as well fleshed out as I would like. But what's cool about Endless Space and the Endless series in general that they've been capitalizing on over the past couple of games is really fleshing out the different races in the game and having them both be unique in terms of lore and backstory, but also in terms of how they play. Mm. So in a game like Civ, you'll pick, say, the Congo or America or Persia, and they might have a unique leader, unique music, maybe a special unit and a special building and some special ability, which is cool. But in this game, you pick a race, they play completely differently. Right, there is a race that, well, let's just say it eats anything that isn't it. So, let's say if you get, uh, and there are you can get different kinds of colonists from different races that all have the unique benefits and stuff, and that could also actually cause unrest among certain societies for obvious reasons. This race, it ca- it just eats them, and sp- can- I think it's an insect race, and it kind of spawns out new insects. So it's like, whoa, that's. Brutal, but also like an insect colony would be. There's a race that doesn't kind of colonize planets. It lives on arc ships. So Mm -hmm. it sort of travels the galaxy in these giant ship worlds and exploits planets for resources, but it doesn't colonize them traditionally. There's another race where you have to buy your population. There's no natural population growth. I think they're building robots.
1: Right. Yeah, I was going to say, that sounds like maybe they're robots. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, I'm currently playing a race that's sort of an alien scientific race. They may be one of the least unique, but they're cool anyway, where they pursue knowledge to the point where it's a terrible idea. They blew up their own moon. Ah, cool.
4: Just
1: to see, like, what happens, you know. It it seems like
2: there's, like, vastly different gameplay depending on what race you choose. Yeah, That sounds like the replayability is just so infinite and inviting because i i feel like for civ you know like you know you you have slight differences here and there but this seems like a completely different game every time
0: yeah so there's uh it's a double-edged sword because the game has some interesting story elements and every different race you play provides you different themed quests and stories so right now i'm the crazy scientist race i have an ai who i'm kind of trying to grow and i sort of influenced it along the way, I was like, I want you to be a science AI, or I want you to be a militaristic AI, or I want you to make me money. And I've am i I'm sort of, uh, it has got really curious. And it's like, I really want you to go check this place out, because it looks cool. You want? Can you send probes here and stuff? And it advances. It's becoming Skynet. And I'm like, oh God, these guys blew up their own moon. They screwed up everything. They nuked half their own planet. They're going to screw this up as well, aren't they? Like right. I'm pursuing a line which will probably blow up my home world or something. And every one of these races has unique quests that are specific to them. But the thing about that is, yes, while these races are vastly different mechanics, they all play differently. Because it's a bit more story driven than most of these games, like Civs kind of make your own story. I feel like once you've played each race, it's going to lessen the experience of playing it again.
3: Gotcha. Oh.
0: While it's got really cool, interesting mechanics, uh, like I'm going to see the same story again, aren't I? Right. So I think that'll weaken it a little bit. I don't think it's the biggest deal because that's not really what those games are about. The story's neat. It's a neat addition. It's a bit of flavor. But doing those same quests again isn't that important. And there's some really cool little aspects to this game. For instance, political affiliation is something they've really gone for. My race is a very science race. And they start off being the ruling party is the science party. That won't necessarily be the same depending on what you do. Right mm-hmm. now, the pacifists are taking over because I took a bunch of pacifistic profit-making actions and my scientists are like, you're not really supporting us. So they're gradually growing and they're going to take over the government eventually in the next election. They'll probably lose to the pacifists.
2: Oh my gosh. So oh, the political ecosystem is different for each race?
0: Uh-huh. <sighs> yeah, they all start off in a particular way, but they can it can change. Yeah, my guys were science oriented but I took a bunch of actions that weren't so now every election, it's like the pacifist party is making gains. And if they get control, it's going to change the laws that I can enact. So right now, yeah, cool. My major Senate leader is the scientist and he's a hero and he gains levels and a bunch of boosts. He could lose power and he that means all my science laws get repealed. And I'm like, I've got to change my laws completely now, but maybe I don't want that. So maybe I go for a dictatorship. I just change it all out. I say, nope, you don't get to do that. I'm going to have a political revolution and become a dictatorship instead. So that completely changes the way that the game plays. Well, that's how you run a space thing, man.
3: Mm. With an iron fist of the emperor. Come on. You buy default.
2: Just
0: like Machiavelli says. Mm. Yeah. You buy default a <laughs> democracy, but democracies are problems. Maybe it the doesn't go the way you want man. it to. Come on. My Come on. Uh, interactions with other races are affecting it as well because their culture seeping into mine. And as people migrate to my empire, they have different ideas about how things should be run as well. Yeah, the dominant race is the Solons, who are very scientific, but I've got a lot of immigrants, basically, that are more about farming or more about ecology and all that kind of thing. So actions I take and events that have different choices all impact that. And I found that really interesting because I think most games like that don't really tackle the political aspect of your empire all that well. And also take into account the fact that you don't have full political control. You're not a dictator, unless you are, of course. So I was, <laughs> I, I was digging that. That is some Sun Tzu shit right there. You're yeah. not a dictator. Yeah. Unless
1: you are. Uh-huh.
0: The game has a real cool sense of mystery. I'm always finding new things. I go into a new system. It's like, there's anomalies here. We should scan those anomalies. I'm like, well, um, all the plants here are machines so they have this what? benefit and all that kind of thing and that's all has story as well so when you land on a different planet it's got a cool cut scene it's like oh we discovered that there's this earth is hollow there's giant mm-hmm. caverns or there was an ancient civilization here and that's all driven at the story as well and your scientific curiosity lets you discover more stuff and that all kind of levels up as you gain new tech so i'm i'm having a blast so far it's not perfect it doesn't it gets a bit chuggy. The later on in the game, it slows down a bit. There's a lot of micromanagement. There are certain things they could do better at delivering the information about. It doesn't seem to have an espionage system of any sort, which I really miss. I love spying on people in games like that. It doesn't look like they have a system for that. And the battles are very much, you pick your tactic and you watch it. They're not very involved. Right. But I'm really enjoying some of the different things that it does. And I think that compared to its predecessor, it has an amazing identity of its own. I love the idea of making every race unique in terms of backstory and how it plays. I'm really excited to play the guys that don't have worlds that just fly around on giant ships. I w- want to see how they play because it'll be a completely different experience to what I just played. So, yeah, I- I'm really enjoying it so far. Flaws certainly. But these devs are generally very good at getting on top of those. And if the previous game, Endless Legend, is anything to go by, they're going to release tons of expansions with new races. So that'll be great. You know, in a couple of years, there'll probably be 20 completely unique races with amazing art and different voice actors and the diplomacy is completely different when I interact with them. So I'm really digging that. Mm. Very cool. Also sports modding from day one, which is great. They put a Steam workshop in the game. So I can't wait to see what the community comes up with. They could add new races. They could add, they could do mods converted into star trek or something like that you know that'd be cool Battlestar Ooh. or star wars or babylon 5 or something yeah mm. i'm digging it's pretty cool a massive time sink pretty cool anyone else have anything quick before we go to a break Nothing. Nope. no cool really? we covered a lot of games today happy about that yeah. when we come back we do have a discussion we're going to talk about localization we're going to stick our hand in the wasp's nest on this one (laughs) it's it's been coming up quite a bit lately so we're gonna have a nuanced and sensible discussion right
1: yes like civilized folks
0: Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) we'll see how well that one goes so don't embarrass me chap we'll be right back after the break you're watching the co-optional podcast do not go anywhere final section of the show coming up ladies and gentlemen welcome back to the co-optional podcast we got news we got discussion we got releases for you in the last hour of the show We'll start with something pretty brief. Not really a lot of discussion really required on this one, but since there was an update today, I'd like to talk about it. So, there was a spat over the last few days with wargaming.net, the developers of World of Tanks. A YouTuber and former community contributor for the game by the name of Sir Fock, I believe is how you pronounce it. I'm going to assume uh-huh. that that could be Foch. Nobody knows. One way
1: <laughs> yeah, or so the other. Yes, those are the only two options. Yeah. Yes, Sir Foch?
0: Only two possible options. Sir Fuke. So, there was a uh-huh. re- recent release of a new tank in this game. Uh, I believe it's a made up tank, I don't think it's a real one. Uh, Chrysler G-something, or I don't know. I don't play World of Tanks. I know a lot of people do, though. One of the most popular games in the world by far. Big money spinner for that company. He released a video critical of said tank, claiming that the tank barely had any weak points, but weirdly enough, the main gun on the tank was deliberately weak, so that in order to play it effectively, you had to shoot so-called premium ammo. Now, World of Tanks is a free-to-play game. They do quite literally sell gold ammunition which apparently provides better armor penetration statistics than regular ammo. You can Mm -hmm. buy it in-game as well, but it costs a lot of in-game currency, so it's a bit grindy. So some people have been a bit unhappy about the way the game's sort of been going and leaning on you to try and get you to buy that stuff. But what happened was he released this video. He was not kind to the tank. Not that I think an imaginary tank has feelings, but hey. And he was threatened by wargaming.net directly who said if you do not take down this video we may issue a copyright strike against a youtube channel which as you're well aware can have serious consequences to anybody that is running a youtube channel huge limitations demonetization potential ban mm-hmm. you know that's a way of cutting off someone's livelihood it's pretty horrible
3: is he part of like a program i'm, lo- I'm trying to he look was, this up.
0: yes like,
3: a program within world of tanks where they like promote specific people
0: yeah, yeah, it was a community was like a contributor, community. I think. Yeah. yeah. So they they gave him access, like they flew him out to like Tank Fest or something, which I assume is the world, uh, every con something. The
2: world summit some of. Them
0: yeah, gave tanks. him a bit of access here and there. Uh, I, know, but, I know. It feels like it's easy to shit on
3: World Tanks, like Tank Fest, la la. Every event they've ever thrown is no. like a next level party. It's true. Absolutely, yeah. they
2: had actual tanks at Pax, oh, yeah. was it? I think.
3: Yeah, and they've they done that before.
2: Running over stuff. Yeah.
3: The legends of the parties they throw is like next level. It's like what you imagine insane people do. (laughs) I mean,
0: I interviewed the CEO and I'm pretty sure he was drunk at the time. That was a few years ago. So I think he already started the party early. But yes, this didn't go down well, obviously. They just issued an apology today, which was a refreshing apology because they didn't try and duck the subject. They Mm -hmm. basically said, we screwed up. Yeah, They, They initially had claimed, which was egregious, that the video contained hate speech and homophobia which was completely false not what? only that it's not actually a justifiable reason to use the dmca anyway i mean obviously it would be shitty if the person did it but that's not a reason to use a copyright strike their video had none of that it mm-hmm. certainly had harsh language but nothing even close to what they're describing And but those
1: are my homophobic slurs
0: Yes. it
1: down. Indeed. Apparently. They to I made those words
0: up. gaming. It's mine. Yeah, the, the, the video contained nothing of the sort. Like, it, that was a very slanderous accusation. They have completely retracted it. They said they will not make a copyright action based against opinion based videos on publicly released content. Good, because you can't. That's not legal. And also that the video did not contain that of any sort. Uh, I believe he was removed from the community contributors program, which is fine. Like, that's okay. If he's very really critical so of the saying, game, I-, I wouldn't
1: want to be in it anymore anyway. No, yeah.
0: no, exactly not, like, and that's their right, and that's fine. That's,
1: I mean, is this this is crazy because the the
2: apology that they issued is completely uh, recalcitrant and and it addresses the issue and it seems like everything that a company should be doing. So was this original threat like somebody going rogue or something?
0: I, they have a lot that's of offices. That's, that's the problem. It's kind of like Sega. Like, I've discussed Sega in the past. Sega almost ruined my career uh, several years ago. Sega Japan, specifically. Oh. Yeah, they're crazy on copyright when it comes to YouTube. But oh. Sega of America and Sega of Europe want nothing to do with it. So right. Wargaming has a lot of offices as well. It's entirely possible that, yes, one of the offices got belligerent. Now, of course, mm-hmm. the entire company's paying The
2: hand didn't know what the right hand was doing. Yeah,
0: and, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, I'm it's hoping that surprise. that office is educated now about this. Because I wouldn't want to see that happen again. Uh, I'm glad that, that, you know, it looks like a sincere apology. They're not trying to double down or dodge. And I appreciate that. And I think that everybody should. It's no excuse for what they originally did. But I do believe that if you provide a sincere apology and don't try and dodge the issue, that's good. And people should be applauded for that because you can hold them accountable to that now. They've said it publicly. You can hold them to that.
4: That's literally
3: like that's all people want is just like, in life is just like a fucked up, sorry. Like to constantly it yeah. is is like, everyone knows you goofed. Just say you goofed, we get yeah. it guys, we get and, you. Goofed. And like, this is one of those moments where it's like, they stepped up and did the right thing, said like, we are sorry. Mm-hmm. And even though, yeah, and, and like you can hold that like, oh, they admitted they fucked up still it's like, that's a place to start from and move on from and like we're gonna really work with our community to fix problems like this it's needed and you have to commend people who have the the courage to do shit like that especially big companies like this like it's it's needed
0: well i I think it's important that the way that we receive a sincere apology is gracious and not absolutely a lot of people are very spiteful about it and they they just want the pound of flesh and i think that that behavior discourages sincere apologies this is why PR people just twisting and trying to get well, out of these issues exist.
2: Yeah, a lot of times PR people can't say a, a true apology because then they are liable for lawsuits. Yes. So it's a legal, a legal right. reason why they can't do it. But this wasn't even a, I'm sorry that you felt bad about this. This mm. was like a, we messed up. And we so fucked That up. is awfully big of them. Yeah, uh, it's uh, good. Yeah, good for them.
0: Should not I'm in the first place, but I appreciate that apology. I think it's it's a good one.
3: Cool. Yeah, and it's 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 also on Sir Focker, whatever his name is at this point, to not be like, ha, ha told you so. Like, dude, Democanass yeah, of yourself. Be gracious as fuck about this. Like, that yeah. was cool of them.
4: So, yes.
0: yeah. yeah. If I was him, I'd, I'd just get away from that game entirely. That would sour me for a game forever. I mm-hmm. not want to be anywhere near it. All right, good. So, all's well ends well, hopefully, on that one. We will needless be say, be keeping a very close eye on them in future for this kind of behavior. They're in the spotlight for a while for all the wrong reasons. Okay, moving on. So this is, there's a little bit of news regarding this, but it's a wider topic that I've wanted to tackle for a while. And since we happen to have a bona fide VO artist in the studio right now. I would who... say artist, but oh. Also... <laughs> 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 wow, damn. That's,
2: that's do, it's okay. It's right. He's right to criticize me in my way of
0: life. We it's a topic that I think is very interesting and you can provide a unique perspective of and is a topic of discussion and nuance, which is often treated in exactly the opposite way. It's treated in a very extreme, zero tolerance, my way or the highway kind of way. And there was an article I read recently which infuriated me on this topic, and I shouldn't be surprised to where it came from, but I'm not gonna name any names, I don't wanna give them any traffic. Oh the basically flat Well, close enough. That flat That's out true. said flat out said Localization oh, I- is not censorship. You just flat out said it. It's like, well, I mean, what? I, I imagine some of it is, right? Uh, I mean, by definition, I looked at the dictionary definition of censorship. Yeah, it fits in there. Some of it is. It's like, but no, no, none of it is. Like, n- no, some some of it is. This is the problem with it. Like this discussion regarding localization, some people have very extreme opinions that have no room for. But what about this situation? But what about that situation? That's that's the
1: thing is localization is so broad. Like it's such a huge undertaking that involves so many things.
0: Yeah. and So there's a couple of different elements. Uh, The reason we bring this up is over the last 24 hours, if you're watching live a couple of days ago, if you're watching on the VOD, Nintendo altered a victory gesture in Mario Kart because somehow they didn't know that in several countries that's very fucking rude yes yeah it's like yes it is you
1: could be a squid kid that's just like hey uh, fuck you
4: it's like fuck you
0: yeah. that is
1: get fucked yeah i
2: win kind of rude uh, so you tell them
0: they they decided to alter it and now it's just uh, instead of with the bicep thing
4: mm-hmm. right
0: some pe- i mean I-, I always say so there's always someone on the internet that gets upset about it I don't like to blow it up as if, like, well, somebody got upset on the internet, so we need to respond. It's like, no, it's a good part of the continuing conversation whereby this is one of the reasons why things get changed because of regional differences, especially when it comes to Japanese-developed games in particular. But there are circumstances where changes either go too far, are badly done, or actually don't even happen because the developer just thinks that They can't release this game in the West at all because there are just too many things that they believe either the West will not understand or Mm -hmm. the West would be offended by. And we've seen examples of games that don't come out that really kind of should. And one of those that that I stumbled across a video of, I think it was on a region locked video last couple of days, about the Phoenix Wright game versus Sherlock Holmes that never got localized. I thought, wow, that was... You know. I mean, we'd love that, surely.
2: Those are my favorite things. Those are my favorite things in the world, right? Two <laughs> <laughs>
1: things I love and I'll never have them. Yeah.
0: Never. And, and they were speculating as to why. There's no confirmed 100% reason as to why yeah. it's done. But the leading theory is that this game was set very much in the Magi era of Japan and also had Victorian England in it. And it references a lot of historical racism between the Japanese and the English, using terms that the English may have used back then to reference the Japanese people and possibly vice versa. And as a result of that, believing that removing that would kind of be impossible at that point, that it would really neuter the game and would take away from the story and context, they just said, it's not worth the effort. It's not worth the effort to bring it over. And that, that to me is a very intriguing case.
4: Hmm.
3: yeah well they I mean that's something that has been issue for years about what's worth bringing over since since the days of Snes and Nintendo and like the, the war,
1: war specifically right like historical like interactions between two countries like we've had plenty of games that have come from here and gone to say for a really obvious example, gone to Germany and where they just like change a bunch of stuff about the game because they're
0: like, I mean, that's yeah. a le- that's a legal aspect. You know, they, yeah. they, they, they yeah, weren't allowed legal. to have yeah. for the longest yeah. time. I don't know what it currently is right now, but, uh, swastikers and obvious Nazi iconography was not okay in the games. So they had to change those. Mm-hmm. the, Interesting thing as well about this is, you know, this is a very complex and nuanced issue. This is not the only thing. It's not about oh, they might be offended. There's, yeah, yeah please go. there's um, there's the aspect of they might not get it. So yeah. this this came this has come up quite a bit with Persona, and mm-hmm. some uh, there's been some interesting articles by actual translators and localizers that said the Persona Five in particular localization is pretty gnarly in places. Like, some of the text just kind of doesn't make sense. And there's, they showed some examples, but it's a very text-heavy game. Like, mm-hmm. I have not noticed anything in that game that was egregious, but somebody pointed Same. out that during one of the quizzes, and this is one of the interesting, unique things about Persona, which is actually very relevant to localization, is while you're in class, you'll be occasionally asked a question. A lot of these questions are very Japan-centric. Mm-hmm. So they will talk about things that would be taught in a Japanese high school. But as somebody from England, I'm probably not going to know the answer. Interestingly, one I of guessed, them is apparently... I guess on
1: almost all of those. <laughs>
0: <laughs> apparently, one up. of them is flat out wrong. That the explanation of it, the localized explanation of the concept, one makes no sense and two, the answer is incorrect. Huh. Which is definitely an issue on that. But the thing about Persona is that I think it lives it, uh, it, walking a very thin line Because yes, some of the stuff in this would be potentially confusing to a Westerner, but that's part of its charm because it's a very Japan-centric game. If Persona was created in America, it would not feel the same. The whole Japanese high school and Japanese culture and socialization and rigorous schedule and the expectations of you as a student are very much... Uh, something that originated in Japan. Yeah,
2: I mean, I think he's saying like, they're all
0: lazy ass kids. American, yeah,
2: it, it's like with, with anime subtitles, you have to decide like how much of the original Japanese you're keeping and how much you have to put the footnotes in, like a little, the little explanation, yeah, yeah, you
4: know, or like, I was gonna how say much that you too, convert
2: it to American language or references.
1: Um, yeah, like way back when i used to you know get like weird fan sub VHSs from people and stuff yeah they would have you know like they would basically just translate it exactly but then have all kinds of fucking notes all over the place Mm. like you're not going to get this because this is like an idiom in japan that means this and references this and we don't have something that even remotely compares in English, yes. so I'm just writing it, you know, like A lot of games
2: were, and animes, they have to have figure out the point of diminishing returns. Like, at what
1: point is it just not going to make any sense?
4: Not worth and you it. Have to
0: do much yeah, and, yeah, and, and then you don't really, do not you in, adapt it?
1: Yeah, and mm-hmm. like, in professional stuff, you don't get those sorts of footnotes. Yeah. So then I think translators have to say to themselves, okay, do we, do we sacrifice meaning so that we can keep the tone? Mm-hmm. Or do we sacrifice the tone so that we preserve the meaning? And it's it's I'm sure is like one of the most difficult jobs to say like how do we make it so that the the idea and the feeling gets across to somebody who's playing this game even if it's not exact? And for some people, it's like no, it needs to be exact because otherwise, it's not that's not the, what the game was, you know? And it's I'm sure that that's A the most difficult job. If
4: you, you know? ever
3: yeah, uh, if you ever had the time. I don't know where it's at. You have to find it, unfortunately. But go look at the process that went into making Final Fantasy X. The localization, the translation mm-hmm. for that, mm-hmm. is crazy because a lot of the themes, like you kind of get the religious overtones and everything in the in the like English version. But a lot of the themes are super related to Japan, and it's like uh. them trying to translate and make it understandable, which is why you have some scenes that end up with like ha ha ha. Like you have scenes yeah. that still. <laughs> <laughs> like they're like, how do we make uh-huh, this work? Uh-huh. And so like the process of them going through it, it's super interesting that it seemed like a giant mess. And they're like, I think what Dodger was saying, it, at the end of the day, they were like, there's no way we can take what they've created and retell it. Like, we have to tell our own story using it's kind of like uh Power Rangers using their footage. Yeah, engine- yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. You know, I uh, more often than not, the things that get changed are cultural differences. Um, But then also from dubbing, I've dubbed a couple of Korean games, and another thing that has to be taken into consideration is matching lip flap. Yeah. So sometimes they'll say things that just like, we can't get all that in. We have to change the meaning, essentially, and try to retain some of of what's going on, Mm -hmm. but we just need to make it fit. So there's timing, um, there's the cultural differences. There's one time where, like, a character was, like, singing, referencing a really popular song in Korea, but we don't know what it is here, so it wouldn't make any sense, and it's not worth changing things over. Uh, I mean, there's a lot lot that goes into localization, and it goes through so many hands, too. And sometimes it's just down to the booth director saying, like, I don't know, like, let's... Change it to this, maybe to make it fit. Uh, honestly, it's and and you know, especially with Nintendo, they there's so many hands that have to be a part of that that you don't know necessarily where it, where it goes. And there's not, but there's not always a lot of oversight. So so things slip by and people take it as like, oh, this is censorship. When really it's just they need they need to make it change for one reason or another yeah i know
1: that i know that at riot they have an entire team and their job is like knowing every single country that league of legends is going to go to and what they will allow and they have to always keep tabs on all of that because they're constantly developing new champions for league of legends right so like if they create a champion and uh they have to change the weapon. They have to change, like, is the character smoking? Because some countries don't want it on smoking undead China like, is
0: not a fan of that.
1: There's yeah. all kinds of shit like that where they have to, they literally have to have a team of people who are ready when they're making a new character to be like, okay, well, if this is going to go to China, we have to change this. If it's going to go to India, we have to change this. Like, well, th- when, when WoW
3: first went to China, I think TV probably knows this as well, the changes they made to all the undead characters
0: and the changes they made to when you die, you just become a tombstone. You ca- yeah, I think you can't show um, exposed bone. Oh, yeah, which is like... In
2: China, of- yeah, in China, there's like the, because of uh, respect for ancestors, they don't oh, allow showing dead. And gotcha. that's true of their movies as well. So no American movies can have like supernatural, ghosts. Zombies, anything like that, because of uh, you—you're not allowed to show
1: interesting.
0: Your ancestors. Yeah. And, yeah, and a lot of like the localization thing also comes down to just flat out incompetence in many cases or a lack of focus. We, we see uh, Fire Emblem Fates had a lot of justified criticism for nonsensical dialogue—the crap about pickles, lines. <laughs> I was that... just
4: about
1: to say picklegate.
0: Yeah, lines that just <laughs> aren't even there, and. I think uh, for VO artists in particular, it's probably quite tricky because you're not all recording in the studio at the same time. And you may not even have the same director who understands the issues that you're all going to have to go through to keep you all on the same page.
4: You know
2: that scene in Lost in Translation where Bill Murray's doing (laughs) a commercial and like the director's like, and then the woman says, more intensity. That is what happens. Like you were on Skype with like the foreign team and they are talking through a translator and they kind of got to tell you like basically what they want uh, and and just y'all got to figure it out together. So I can definitely see how things get lost in translation like that.
0: Yeah, it's it's a tricky one, and it, it, the word censorship comes up a lot. Obviously, that's a very inflammatory word. That's a
2: hard line to take. It, it's I a think.
0: hard line. I think you know, technically a
2: connotations to that. In addition yeah, to the, that's
0: further. the issue it, is yeah. the connotations. Like, I think if you take the connotations away, yes, most of this is a form of censorship, whether it be self censorship or. Literal censorship. An example would be changing the age of a character because of the difference in age of consent between Japan and most Western nations, uh, changing an outfit because you feel that a nation's not going to be so accepting of it. I mean, by very definition, censorship is the suppression or prohibition of parts of media based on the idea of it being obscene, politically unacceptable, or a threat to security. I mean, yes, politically unacceptable, or, or in some cases, obscene. The Point being that they want to sell games in as many places as possible. They don't want to create a massive uproar over a thing which is relatively minor, something which really doesn't affect the story all that much. There was an issue with, oh, God, what's it called? Um, Xeno, Xenogear? Xenoblade. Xenoblade, that's the one, yes. Uh, There was a costume where a younger girl had a kind of uh, bikini top that's not in the Western version, there's right. a couple of other games like that. Oh, and plenty of games like yeah, that. There's yeah, there's plenty, <laughs> yeah. plenty of them like that. And, so, you know, you can say they should stick to their guns and we're not that prudish, but, I mean, honestly, in the views of Japan, we really are that prudish, actually. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> uh, and it's like, it's a risk they're just not willing to take for something that really just does not matter well, that in was the grand the whole scheme thing, of Like,
1: looking at so many... art. To come back to the Nintendo thing that was so recent... I, it blew my mind how many people were arguing over whether or not, like, changing this fucking squid kid, you know, huzzah symbol was like a huge issue of censorship. And I was like, Nintendo is trying to sell this game to kids, and more importantly to the parents of kids. I'm sure that once they realized that that meant Something sort of offensive in many areas. That will be like
0: countries tabloid oh, immediately next day. Y- yeah,
1: yeah they sure were like, "Oh shoot, we should change
2: themselves that." Cells would have been like, "Oh, I, if I'd known, I would never would have done that." We exactly. and that's like, the problem is is that like censorship. The term censorship is so loaded. It's loaded, it yes. So many connotations of suppression of artistic ideas. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. and 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 in this case, in a lot of these cases, it, it's them self censoring because. I mean, it just doesn't make sense, and and that I understand. And it's not like like the companies telling the artists behind things or 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 anybody involved with the development like ah, oh, you can't do this. Like we're going to quash your ideas because of the bottom line. Um, it's everybody is working together to try and make a product that is going to do well.
0: That, that that's the thing about it is that we also have to realize this is a form of art, but it's also a product.
2: Yeah, if it's, it's just
0: business. art, if all it is is art for art's sake, you can make a strong argument to say you should not change this based on people's cultural sensibilities because it's art. But it's also a product that you have to sell. And I these localization decisions are, that are censorship, but they're censorship as a business decision. Right. Yes, removing that from the game is literal censorship, just as beeping out a swear word would be in a, in a song or a television show but they like they the the did it for, context. yes they did it for a reason yes mm-hmm. okay they changed the artistic vision artistic vision has changed all the time like in a product i don't actually value the artistic vision of the person that created it as much as my personal experience because i bought the product like mm-hmm. if i want to in a pc game if i want to turn off a certain kind of animation even though it was the artistic vision of the people that developed it i would say i want to turn it off and i'd say i should be able to And most people would never argue against that, but some people say, oh, well, that shouldn't be in the game because the artistic vision should never be censored or changed. No, it it should, because it's a consumer product that I'm experiencing and paid for.
1: Yeah, the And if they decide- Sorry.
2: I mean, just the subjectivity of of the artistic experience, experiencing art is something that, yeah, we we do have to take take into account.
1: And I think some people listening to this conversation right now are going to say, wait, but in the past- you said that um, that like if you know if you have a problem with something, then that's a that's like your problem and assume. not the problem of the person who made it. But the thing to is, some is extent, like, that's this true. is a situation where the person who made the thing decided, "I'm going to change the thing to you know create a better experience." If, the, if Nintendo decided, "No, we're not going to change that," then that's totally up to them. And then that's okay we too. as consumers could say, I'm not gonna play that game. And that's totally up to us. And it's not our place to be like, I can't believe that Nintendo didn't change that thing. And I'm so offended, right? Like yeah. it's, it's just.
3: This reminds me a lot of Buttgate, gate uh, with Tracer's butt <laughs> and, <Overlock. laughs> mm. and how So many
1: gates, oh my God. Yeah, like, like
3: how the world exploded when Blizzard was like, you know what, we've decided that this doesn't represent our character the way we want it to. And, you know, we we, we got called out on this and we we agree. And we're just going to remove it. It
2: yeah, is the thing, though. they were, like, compromising their artistic integrity and stuff, but it was a decision that they'd
4: made. There's, there's more so to that it. That was a
0: really interesting one because that was a placeholder pose that wasn't yeah. very interesting. Like, th- yeah. it's more, they did not cave to pressure. They were already changing it to the point where the thing had a new animation within like eight hours. There's no way they just came up with that after a complaint. They were already intending to change it and changed it to more of a British World War II pin-up pose that is completely appropriate to somebody who's wearing a World War II bomber f- British fighter jacket. Yeah. the the pose is now butt, more,
4: too.
2: yeah,
0: yeah. but <laughs> in think fact, it shows a little more like yeah, that,
2: but it's it, more in character. Which looking was over the
0: shoulder hard. was more, was boring. Yeah. In this case, the, I guess the issue with that is very much PR because people are going to take from that statement what they want to take. People are going to take victories. People are going to take defeats. People are going to spin it the way they want to spin it. In reality, of course, that was a placeholder pose that was just ripped from Hanzo that they were going to change. <laughs> it, it's, there's always a little bit more to it. Than these oversimplifications and these issues are often used as political fodder for people. They're used as a weapon to beat other people around the head with that they don't agree with, and I don't like that because it ruins the nuance of the discussion.
3: And that's why you simply can't say the nuance is in the term censorship. The nuance isn't in the term like uh, localization is not censorship. Like there's there's it is plenty of censorship in it. Like yeah. but it comes the discussion then comes into What is that censorship and when is the extreme- What harm did this censorship
2: do? Define censorship. What what does censorship mean to you? And in the larger context of art, what what are they doing?
0: How did it affect the product? A lot of people are standing on a very base principle rather than taking everything in context. The problem with standing on a base principle is that it offers very little room for nuance and compromise. Principles are great, but the world is complicated. And a simple principle applied blankly is zero tolerance, and that's generally yeah. not good. There's always going to be a situation where your principle might not work, might not 100% apply.
4: You've got to be careful Sith about deals that. deals and
0: absolutes. You do have to watch <laughs> out for that. Ha- have principles, but be ready to apply them in context to the situation and maybe say, maybe in this situation that's not so bad. And maybe sometimes it is. Or maybe there is. Do I think that that Phoenix Wright game should come over? and they should
4: absolutely keep, yes <laughs> and they should keep that yeah.
0: contextual historical racism yeah. in yes and what they should do at the start is say this is a product of the time I mean, for fuck's sake! Like Warner this is the-
2: Brothers does that for their yes. political cartoons, and I yep. think that's- Old so cartoons. Yes. If they try to, they say if we try to erase this history, exactly, that's no better.
0: Uh-huh. Um, right.
2: You know, we we were talking earlier about how the medium of games is growing in our lifetime, and and the fact is is that we have this new art form, and the discourse about it is developing, and I think to be able to have these nuanced conversations is super important because to be able to talk about art helps us have better art and and i th- i think yeah uh, a lot of times these discussions get turned into uh like flame wars and, culture and war I,
0: that kind of thing yeah,
2: yeah and 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 i i really appreciate when we can talk about these things uh in a in an elevated manner because it's going to help it's going to help the future of the medium
0: yeah in other words don't argue with it over twitter because you're never going to have a good conversation yeah.
2: there <laughs> Characters is not enough for a nuanced discussion ever. No,
0: about no. anything. About Twitter's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> anything. Twitter should be deleted from the internet. It's the death of modern discourse. It's always you know, it's an I issue you have to keep good an eye, good eye
2: on. For gif for, for I think it's, it's good for Twitter for
0: is for Twitter GIFs. GIFs back and forth. Twitter's for guests Twitter's for bullshit.
4: Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's just constantly keep an eye on it and encourage companies that maybe are feeling a bit gun shy about certain things, like that. Uh Phoenix Wright game just to, to do it. Trust in the audience. Trust in the audience's ability to understand context. Put a thing at the start that says, hey, this is this. This is why this is here. Yep. And you'll generally find those people are going to be okay with it. It's We are a growing medium, but we have a very grown-up consumer base as much as sometimes they'll act otherwise online. Those people do not represent the overall millions and millions and millions of people playing video games and the shitty tabloids that like to jump on every awful thing that the new great satan video games did they're not representative (laughs) of the way the world thinks either and you can't compromise to those people you've got to just ignore them you have to appeal to that wider majority of sensible adult Mm -hmm. people that can absolutely handle these concepts because let's be honest as a medium. If we're going to grow, we have to. Television and film and books have dealt with that. There is a damn good reason why To Kill a Mockingbird is still taught in schools. You can't take that away. You can't erase it. That's a path to untold horrible things. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. Um, And and even... For kids that are consuming this medium, I think I, I don't think we give them enough credit. I think if you do have totally. disclaimers in the beginning, if you can discuss, and you as parents have an obligation to discuss it with your kids as well. Let's there not forget that. For
0: sure, bing, there yep. it is. I mean, you're teaching kids to kill a mockingbird and a Handmaid's Tale and Huckleberry Finn and so on and so forth, and you don't you think just, they could handle a video game? Yeah. Are you fucking <laughs> insane? In those books. Those books are school assignments. If a
3: game taught them the same lesson, they'd pick up on that shit instantly. Like, yeah. that's where they're learning all this
1: stuff. Like, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, like I said, it's take it on a case by case basis and don't freak out. Have a, a rational, reasoned, measured response to these kind of things. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's not good. Although we can all agree that shitty translation is shitty translation. We don't like it.
2: And even then, I totally understand why that happens. Sometimes you get, you get coming, you're like, oh God, what is this? What does this mean? Uh, And you just gotta, you gotta do your best. And and kudos to all the people that have to deal with
3: that. Shout out to Dynasty Warriors 3's terrible (laughs) translation and the amazingness that Uh. was cal and his son, Cal-P, the two of them, oh. the greatest warriors in Ancient China. <laughs> oh, I God. will never forget them. R.I.P. I love them to death. R.I.P. Cal-P.
0: R.I.P. cal All right. Now we've done that. Let's move on to releases, shall we? Going through from May the 23rd to yeah, May the 27th. What is coming up? Anything well, worthwhile? Let's find um,
1: out. May 23rd, we've got Mirage Arcane Warfare, which oh. some of us have played. Yeah,
0: um, we most of us got sponsored to play that, so take our words with a pinch digit. of salt. <laughs> the follow-up to indeed the follow-up to Chivalry, but this time in a fantasy Arabian setting with yeah. abilities and such.
1: So there's that Starpoint Gemini Warlords indeed. is the next game. It, uh, it's a space. There's a lot of space going on.
0: Yeah, third-person capital ship combat with forex and RPG elements sounds great to me. What Go I've been on. told is it's a bit grindy. Like yeah, stuff buddy. takes a long time to do. I just,
2: I there are so many <clears> games <throat> that I really want to try out, but if it it is grindy, like I don't have the time to, to no. do them, and it kills me because back in the day, like grinding
1: is so therapeutic for me.
0: Mm. Yeah, I don't have the time for that. You're totally right. <sighs> Here's one for Jesse
1: yeah samurai warriors spirit of sonata Ah,
3: i'm so
0: excited i want it
3: i want it today i'm gonna buy it
0: it is out today you can have it i believe i don't know what it i mean it's just another samurai warriors game right there's nothing special about this one or no but it's doing the sonata clan oh Oh, okay of the warring states of the
1: warring states
0: i'll leave you to the warriors series i think that's all yours (laughs) i love every single one of them i don't give a fuck
1: (laughs) Next up is still Division Normandy Forty Four. Yeah, play the beta RTS. of this one. Yes,
0: yes, uh, pretty tricky World War II, real time strategy. A lot of learning to do. You can have massive ten on ten battles, which are crazy. Wow. All I could say is I got my ass handed to me in the beta. It is a very tricky game. You've got to think mm. big. You got to think like the entire battlefield. So not easy, but very rewarding when it works well.
1: This next game I kept in just for me. It's I'm sure you Fuse did. It's called Fuse Cat.
0: It's uh, unpredictable.
1: Uh, everybody plays this weird, like, cut-out pictures of cat heads and you shoot Ooh, missiles and things what? at each other.
2: <laughs> okay, I'm 100% down for that.
1: Right? It looks so dumb and I want to oh play it so god. bad.
0: Was it made by a YouTuber or was I that just part so. of the pro? I think a
4: YouTuber was made it?
1: the game. Yeah. Oh, god damn it.
0: Well, we <laughs> I don't think we've seen a good game made by a YouTuber, game. so...
2: Any dumb cat know. games I am in for. <laughs> <laughs> so remember we played game. President Cat?
1: Yeah, no. I played President Cat. I played Hell yeah. Though no. mm-hmm. <laughs> I tried oh, I tried to know. bang the president, and gay the
0: cat, and it I chose the dog.
1: Well. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> hopeless. you are all hopeless next.
1: Next up is called Killers and Thieves. This looks so cool. Yeah, you become the leader of a thieves guild.
0: I played a little bit of this before the show. The interface is confusing. The stealth parts, the actual infiltration and stealing, I also found a bit weird. I, I don't know. Maybe I just played it wrong. I bounced off it initially, though. Mm. I want it to be good. I hope it's good. <laughs> uh, maybe I just fucked up initially. I only played about 20 minutes of it, so I don't have a lot to say.
3: Next up, I,
4: um, Sorry.
3: The
1: Rogues for D&D, So that sounds enticing to me, mm. right? I think it looks fun. Next up is Trackmania Lagoon.
0: Another it's a racing track- game. Yep, another Trackmania. So- in the series, lots of water in this one, apparently.
1: The game after that is called Gene Shift. Hmm. It's a top-down shooter.
0: Yeah, it's a demo for this. It's an early access, uh, brutal gunplay and vehicle action and a co-op campaign, battle zombies because that hasn't been overdone before.
3: <laughs> Someone got to kill those zombies.
0: Yeah, <laughs> god.
1: Next <clears throat> up is Star Crawlers.
0: Yeah, this looks kind of interesting. Uh, for one, Ben Prunty does the soundtrack. That's the guy who did the FTL soundtrack, so that's cool. Oh, nice. Um, it's a sort of fantasy star-like dungeon crawler with rival corporations and RPG battles in it. Mm. Seems like it could be kind of yeah, cool. Yeah.
3: Well, that's kind of neat.
0: Yeah, I might try this.
1: Uh, the next game is called Embers of Mirim, which looks like a sci-fi fantasy kind of a game. I know there's aliens. There's aliens in it, but it's listed as fantasy and it's got lots of fantasy sort of like colors and aesthetics in it. Mm. Yeah.
0: You have the ability to split between light and dark creatures and you control one with each analog stick. That's cool. Wow.
1: Here's another game for Jesse. Dynasty Feud.
0: Get out of town. What is this?
1: It's a uh, team-based platform brawler. (laughs) It's...
0: Smash like Dynasty basically. Feud.
1: Dynasty Feud.
0: <laughs> There's been yep. quite a few Smash like right. games lately. Brawlout, Rivals of Ether. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you wanted Smash Brothers fix and you don't want to play Smash Brothers, this might be one of them.
3: Yeah, you don't it's interesting thing.
2: Interesting to to have these because I remember back in the day, like, yeah, Smash Brothers was pretty much all you had, and and the oh,
0: it's really exciting. Now you got some choice. Always good. All right, moving on. The-
1: this next one, I want so bad. It's called Invasion.
0: There's um, about three- it's... there's five games named this. Which, which one, one is it? Yeah,
1: Inva- which, which I- invasion? oh, I- oh. There maybe I don't invasion. know.
0: Uh, Never
1: mind. I'm looking at the wrong one, I think.
0: What yeah. You... <laughs> I didn't even think this through. Now Where's I'm
1: so disappointed.
0: Uh, I think it's this one. Yeah. 4 dollars Bullet Hell. I was gonna say, you want a Bullet Hell? Ah.
1: Man, no, the invasion that I looked at was one where aliens meet a bunny.
0: <laughs> not not oh, that game a at all. VR
1: game by the Madagascar creator. Not even close. You're aliens and you meet bunnies.
0: No. Oh, well. Next.
1: Moving on, Spellspire.
0: Yeah, it's a word game matched up with an action role-playing, so... Oof. Yeah, yeah. you oh, scrabble and kill stuff with words, uh-huh. which uh-huh. is neat. Yeah, that's cool.
1: I'm into the stuff like that. The game after that is called Hearts Medicine Hospital Heat.
4: Uh, uh, ew, ew.
3: Uh, first off, amazing! It's the sequel to the first Hearts Medicine game. There are
0: Especially, several of these.
3: But more importantly, uh, at seven seconds in this video, the way that man lifts that woman up is like <laughs> <"Hur-oh!" laughs> masculine thing that he's like. <laughs> I've saved you now.
1: <laughs>
3: Love it. Mm-hmm. Right
4: yep
1: <laughs> next up is the fidelio incident single
0: yeah, player first
1: person thriller set off the coast of iceland
0: yeah walking simulator kind of thing looks quite nice it looks
1: beautiful but yeah. yeah it looks like it might be
0: yeah you crash your plane stuff happens to you
1: i'm
2: in i i like walking simulators
1: yeah okay. I'm, I'm cool with them too uh next up is battle summoners it's a card game a VR, vr card game.
3: Oh, that's it's a like vr clash royale kind of uh, uh, okay
0: yeah. i'm not sure i want to play that but yeah I, I i see what it is i just like do i really want to play this in vr mm,
1: i don't know maybe instead you would like to play defenders of the realm in vr uh
0: probably also not but uh let's see Futuristic weapons. No futuristic weapons. No fancy schmancy. I mean, this this is, um, oh, goblins are looting with two T's apparently, right? The trailer has some spelling issues. It looks like a really bad version of Orcs Must Die. <laughs> yep. Uh, huh. that, yeah, maybe not.
1: Um, next up is Walker Man, which is a very pretty looking visual novel. Okay. Um. After that is Impact Winter.
0: Oh, yeah. I heard about this, and right now, people hate it. Really? Oh. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's a survival game kind of in the frozen wilderness, which sounded great, and it also looked awesome. The art style was great. Right now, it has mostly negative Steam reviews. Uh, the reason? It... Mostly doesn't work.
1: Oh, like, great, perfect. Yeah,
0: it's just broken. It's a mess, according to this. Huh. So I'd wait on that one. Wait for them to fix it.
3: Gotcha.
1: Um, there next up, there's no mouse support.
0: Oh god. Yeah. <laughs> what? Great. Terrible idea. Huh. Uh,
1: next up is Smugglecraft, which was a kickstarted like hovercraft racing game for great. PC and PS4.
0: Okay.
1: Um, after that is Darksiders War Mastered Edition.
0: Wii U. Finally, Wii U is getting that. Right. (laughs) Keep it up, Wii U. You're doing it.
1: Um, after that, Disgaea 5.
0: Oh, that's for Switch, isn't it?
1: Complete for the Switch.
0: That's That's a a good game for Switch, yeah. I also heard rumors it's coming to PC, which is nice. So there's another tactics game that you should not play at all because it's really hard. It's obnoxiously difficult. (laughs)
1: Uh, Next up, I've only seen the anime of this series, but it's apparently a series of games. Utawai Rerumono, Mask of Deception. I think you made that up. PS4, Vita, and PlayStation Vita. It's a tactic game as well. There we go. The anime is great. (laughs) I've never played the
2: games, though. And may seem um, like it would lend itself well to a strategy game.
1: I think so, yeah. Lots of fantasy, like political intrigue stuff going on. I'm down. Um, and last up for May twenty third is Star Ocean Till the End of Time. Oh
0: the yeah, PS4. they're porting number three to the PS4. That was the best one by far. <laughs> wow. Cool.
1: Um May twenty fourth, Black Desert Online. Oh,
0: is that the full version? Because that's been in out for a while, right? I guess it's they yeah. just put them to Steam. That's that big MMO. Mm-hmm. Wasn't mm-hmm. Stritten playing that for a bunch? Yeah,
1: Sam played the shit out of that game.
0: Yeah. I wonder what it's like now. I don't
1: know. Um, Next up is Unit 4. Uh, Looks like a fun little platformer.
0: Co-op platformer? Mm. Up to four players. Uh, okay. Looks That's- all right.
1: And then Empyrean Frontier. I
0: heard of this before? Why have I heard of this RTS. before? RTS. That's oh, probably why you've heard probably. of it. Yeah, big space RTS, which is cool. I uh, it's an early access. All right, I'll wait for it to finish.
1: Um, I think uh, to add on to the twenty fourth, I think that the free to play version of Awesome Knots also yep. starts oh, on the twenty fourth. Nice. Okay. Mm-hmm. May twenty fifth, we have Balthazar's Dream which has some of that, some of that pixely artwork that I'm always weak for. You're a dog. You're a dog trying to save your
3: man.
0: Back flipping dog, apparently. Next.
1: Yeah. You're going to save him. Next up is Medusa's Labyrinth for VR.
0: Mm. Mythological first person horror, ancient Mm. Greece, potentially interesting. I
2: remember seeing this. Yeah. Interesting. I, again, like I, you know, I wonder if it'll be a little more than just kind of tech demo. I
0: hope so. Yeah. It looks pretty good.
1: Super Hot VR comes out on the 25th as well.
4: Yes, finally.
1: I loved Super Hot so much. Yeah,
2: man. I played so much Super Hot. It's just such an elegant, interesting idea. And VR is perfect.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. The the VR version's been out for Oculus for a while. This is the Vive port. So if you're complaining, it was on Oculus, it's not anymore. So. And it's great. i played it on Oculus. It's fucking phenomenal.
2: Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to it because we, we have the Vive at home, so yeah. we'll definitely be downloading this.
0: Totally worth it. One of the best VR games, no no doubt. Oh,
1: yes. Next up is Planet Nomads.
0: It's another which... early access sci-fi survival sandbox thingy. Yeah.
1: It's pretty, though.
0: Yeah, in the screenshots, I can't wait to see what the game looks like. It probably yep. doesn't look like that, I can tell you.
1: Um, next up is Vanquish, yeah. which is another sci-fi I'm game, so but it's a
0: shooter game. It's a, it's a fucking platinum game. It's one of the best third-person shooters ever fucking made, is what it is. It's, it's so amazing! Cool. I'm oh, for yes. It. Vanquish is great. $20 on Steam bar looks of it for this. I can't wait. It's going to be great.
1: Next up is Ophidia. Uh, consume all life as a serpentine demigod.
0: Okay. Damn. Oh, the art style on that is amazing.
1: Yeah, it's super it. pretty, right? Look at that
0: thing. I don't know exactly know how you play it, but it looks amazing. Yeah,
1: intriguing
2: now.
0: Mm. Yeah. Cool. Uh
1: next up is a game called Mid Boss.
0: Kill your enemies, um, possess their bodies, take their abilities as your own, and turn based procedurally generated death labyrinth. Oh, this is a literal roguelike, as in a proper one. That looks mm. a bit
1: interesting.
0: Oh, that looks kinda neat, actually. I might play that.
1: And next up is the girl and the robot for Wii U. I think that the girl and the robot was already out for PC. Though. It is.
0: It is a Steam game. Yeah, you it's can. A, get it, it is. It. Okay. Yeah. Third person action adventure fairy tale world.
1: And of course, Kung Fury Street Rage for yeah! Zeta. Yeah. <laughs> I really enjoyed that film. Yeah, me too, man. Very yeah. It's Street Rage. Good movie.
0: Street Rage is like one finger death punch. It's actually pretty fun for what it is.
3: Oh, great
0: like three dollars it's
1: great yeah yeah cool it is. may 26th we have just a game that looks like utter madness called soul harvest
0: harvest souls to summon armies of minions or cast and holy magics interesting
4: mm-hmm.
0: where's the gameplay oh my god that is fucking nuts yeah this is a <laughs> it's a local multiplayer strategy <laughs> game damn why is that not online oh that looks great though I ought to play that at some point. That looks fucking awesome.
1: Next up is a game called Get Even, which looks like another walk-around first-person shooter horror game.
0: (laughs) Yes. Hmm. We'll see how that one goes. For that Mm. price, it better be good. It's not cheap.
1: Next up is a visual novel with fucking incredible-looking art to me uh, called Mert Tales of the Cold Land, Chapter 1. All ah. it's, so that's coming out on the twenty
3: sixth. I don't
0: know what's going on. It's in free. Uh, it's, the first episode is free. Uh, let's try and find it's the. Not
1: in English for you. Uh,
0: no. The trailer isn't. The trailer is in Russian. Yeah. I'm oh, listening.
1: but if you if you click through the thumbnails though, it's,
0: okay. it's translated It's just the trailers in Ru- in Russian. All right.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, next up is yes. Global Soccer Manager twenty seventeen. Yep, of course because lots of those I know y'all Europeans you love your soccer managers no okay. we, d- we don't
0: love soccer managing we like yeah football. you do your soccer managers football right you love soccer managing managers. <laughs> <sighs> hopeless
1: <laughs> next up is called Star Smashers
0: okay cool name what's the game you are the captain of the space beagle okay sure it, are. Ooh, All right. cool looking space combat game possibly turn base kind I like the look of it hope it doesn't suck mm, I'll play that
1: um Friday the 13th game
0: oh it's finally out, out for finally. PS4.
1: I know I am so intrigued by this I'm gonna Any-
0: anyone played the beta bad. of that
1: no I never no. played it I feel like most of the people I know that played it were like yeah it's pretty fun
0: yeah those but- kind of hide-and-seek asymmetrical games have not really done well up to this point most of them are bad yeah Oh, what if this one isn't? Yeah, hopefully this is better.
1: Yeah, Uh, the sequel to Emily is Away, Emily is Away Two, also comes out on the twenty sixth. I really liked Emily is Away.
2: Yeah, it, really interesting narrative. I again, one of those things that does daring, daring things with story, which I like. So I'm looking forward to this. one.
1: Cool. Yeah, and it like, man, that game was a weird nostalgia trip too. As yeah. a person who used AOL Instant Messenger, like oh my, my whole god. life, I was just like, oh my god.
2: I know. I mean, it really and that the sounds really just brought me back to like when Crush came on to AOL. It's like,
1: oh, <laughs> amazing. <laughs> Um, the next game is called Constructor in a town where anything goes you can rise to the top or take others down
0: so this is the HD version of a really cool old tycoon game where you kind of played a mafia boss Uh, they are bringing this to Switch I think as well for some reason I do want to play this though back in the day this was the absolute shit Uh, hopefully the HD version is as good as that we've been missing a really good tycoon game lately hmm yeah, so I'm might as well about.
1: play a tycoon yep. game where oh, you're a cool. villain, right?
0: Absolutely,
4: yeah. <laughs>
3: oh, please, you're always the villain in a tycoon game. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, next up is a game that I had I had some trouble finding. It's so Rhyme, I'm, yeah? I'm sorry. Yeah, Rhyme. R-I-M. Yeah, it's right here.
0: Yeah, cool. uh, it's right there. Uh, this has been anticipated for a long time. This has been delayed over and over again. It finally seems to have come out. I think they're also bringing it to Switch. Uh, it's just sort of it's a kind of journey like adventure game
4: Ooh.
0: it looks beautiful i really hope it's as good as it looks yeah it's wow. gorgeous oh, yeah.
1: you found it so easily what the fuck i couldn't find it anywhere on Steam. Weird. anyways uh ultra street fighter 2 is also coming out for the switch
0: overpriced street fighter 2 is like 50 dollars for fucking street fighter what yeah Damn. Street yeah, Fighter 2. Switch. Switch games, man. They're expensive. They added like one or two things. Like here's fifty dollars. No.
1: How about give us more switches, though? Damn.
0: <clears throat> Next.
1: And Guilty Gear Xrd Rev 2. New version. Yeah. For PS4. Cool. Um, our last game on the 27th is Here. Icarus Starship Command Simulator. The we'll title looks there. promising.
0: You, yeah, question is is it going to be any good? Looks a bit like a more complex FTL, but the interface looks impenetrably bad. That's a lot of weird looking icons that make no sense. Okay.
2: Maybe they uh ramp up. I <laughs> hope so. Start out easy.
0: Cuz it looks hideous.
3: You're so positive.
4: Uh, <laughs> maybe it starts out.
1: you off with just like an on and off switch, you know? Yeah. Uh-huh. With the whole ship, and then gets more complex as oh. time goes on. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you know.
0: Interesting ideas, but holy shit, looks like they way overdid it. Oh well. That's mm. it for releases, folks. Yep, and, quite oh. quite a few interesting yeah. ones on the way to pay attention to. Yes. yeah Cool. Glad to hear it. <laughs> We're about done with the show, folks. Thank you very much for watching the Corruptional Podcast. But before we go, we'd love to let you know what we're doing over the next couple of weeks. Our guest, Eric Ishii, thank you very much for spending so much time with us today. We'd love to know what are your current projects, what's going on, where can we find you?
2: Oh, my God. Thank you so much for having me. I had such a blast. Um, you can find me always on Twitter at Erica Ishii, which is my name. Uh, I have a Twitch channel, which is twitch.tv slash uh Ishii. Mondays I play horror games with my friends. We we call it Scaredy Cats because we dress up as cats and then we play horror games and get <laughs> really 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 scared. Okay. Oh my god, there's so much screaming. Don't listen with headphones. Uh Thursdays oh, I play
3: Time sports. out, time out, time out, time what? out. Yes. Time out. I'm about what? to put you on blast. Ladies and gentlemen, go back go watch the Sony press conference at last year's E3. <laughs> When they show off, if you want to know how she screams, when they show off uh, the Resident Evil, I believe it was, when they show off the Resident, Resident Evil 7, stuff, they show off the Resident Evil 7 trailer, there's a moment where nothing scary is happening on the screen and you hear a ah, like a blood-filling <laughs> scream, right there. That really was
4: weird. me. You
3: <laughs> in the video sitting next to you. It was like, why are you screaming?
1: <laughs> I, I get scared out. so easily.
4: <sighs>
3: go back and find that it's amazing moment
1: all right amazing i love it sorry Thank to interrupt yes yeah, so we do that uh i do
2: story-based games and crazy shenanigans like nerf wars or cooking or uh, just all sorts of crazy things in my house on um, geek and sundry uh i i have i'm here on uh god i'm i'm here tuesdays and wednesdays and fridays Fridays is like a big party at the end of the day in the evening. So if you guys are ever in town on a Friday evening, you like to stop by, I won't make you dance if you don't want to, Jesse. Uh, but <laughs> we have like an improv team, a musical improv team. And we have like magicians or musicians or uh, sword fighters or crazy things. What that happen. the fuck? Yeah, no, I produce this show and I just know a bunch of crazy people that have these crazy skills. And I'm like, hey, come do them on Twitch with me. Uh, So that's super fun. Uh, And and yeah, uh, OMG, it's Firefox and I have a a gaming news show where we interview developers. And that's actually going to be in like an hour and an hour from now. Uh, on Geek and Sundry's Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash geek and sundry, if you want to join us for that. Uh, and uh, let's see, gosh, um, I, I am six characters in uh, Master X Master, the new NCSoft game that's coming out soon ish. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun. I really hope you like me. I hope I do okay. It's, Don't screw it up, yeah, I know. I can't screw it up. Um, Battlestar game is coming out in the summer. Uh, Right now, uh, the Crypt of the Nacrodancer DLC is out, and I play the, the character in, in that. It's
0: cool. Really so fun.
2: Cool, dude. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I, I love doing an Instagram. I'm at Summer Erica, and you can see my crazy life.
0: Fantastic.
2: Um, so much, everybody. This
0: thank you so very much for time. spending so much time. Very much appreciated. Now, before I let you two tell us what's going on, a reminder, we are at Momocon this weekend. You can come and see us. These are the dates. The dates are probably wrong on the screen. Yep, they're off by one day. It's Friday 26th, Saturday 27th. All you need to know is it's this weekend, so just ignore the fact those days are one day off. Friday and (laughs) Saturday, Saturday. There are the that's the schedule on the screen right there. co-optional podcast on the Friday, autograph session right after that, co-optional lounge on the Saturday playing Snake Oil and Super Fight. And I've got my panel on the Friday afternoon as well. Tickets are still available and if you can't attend, there is the Twitch link on the screen right there, twitch.tv/team/momocon. We'll be on one of those six streams. It's going to be there. Come down and say hi if you happen to be in the Atlanta, Georgia area we will be there and it should be a lot of fun regardless of that we're probably making videos too because that's how we make our living jesse what's coming up on your channel this week what's going on
3: yo more that hot infectious madness is coming Mm. and uh yee girl some more fun games here and there but mostly it's just prepping stuff before i vanish for momocon and get to make weird snapchat videos about my experiences with animus yeah so Expect I of
1: that, buddy. Yes,
0: uh, don't encourage him.
1: I don't want
0: Dodger. What you got coming up outside of the Momocon visit?
1: Um, anime news, gaming news, more box talks. If you guys have been enjoying those, um, awesome. I stream. And yeah, going to Momocon and then immediately after that, go into Europe for a few weeks to get hitched. Mm. So um, if, you know, if there's like weird hiccups in everything I normally do, it's probably because, yeah, because shit's going on. So uh, yeah, keep an eye on social media and I'll, we'll still be like tweeting and putting pictures up on Instagram and whatever else. So
0: yeah. Cool. Yeah. That'll put it me as well. I don't know if I'll get anything done before driving down on Thursday evening to Momocon. If I do, I'd love to do Endless Space, but I'm going to need to put a lot of hours into that damn thing. So we'll see. Maybe, maybe not. The VODs for our panels will be available one way or the other. I'll probably just put them on our channel. But keep an eye on it. Keep an eye on my Twitter, twitter.com slash TotalBiscuit. I'll let you know when they're going live, where they're going live, and all that good stuff. And hopefully we get to see you there down at the convention. I think that is about it. I certainly hope that's about it. I don't think we missed anything. Thank you very much to our guest Erica Ishii. Go check her out on Twitter. Links being below her face for the last three hours. You can hardly miss <laughs> it. You've been watching the Corruptional Podcast. We are done. Thank you very much, and good night.